You don't think so? I, I think Steve, right. He's Steve Rosalone. Yeah, I think he's. I, don't know, man. I think he comes in. It, it depends how long of a lay. If I think if they fight next month, it'd be interesting. Yeah, because Cerrone just fought not too long ago, didn't he? Yeah. If they fight sooner than later, it might not be a good night for Connor, depending. But if Connor has a full camp and he gets to get back in a groove and start yeah, getting his motion, yeah, that's true. But if he rushes into it like he rushed into K- Khabib, it could be it could it could potentially be a bad night. I guess his hands didn't even look good in that Khabib fight. No, especially when Khabib hit him with that right. He was mm-hmm. able. Kavanaugh said the, to Rogan, uh, what two days after the fight, he goes, "We didn't expect any of that." Yeah. They did barely train stand up because yep. he's a wrestler. That right hand over the top, didn't even see it coming. Yep. Remind flashback immediately to Diaz. Yeah. Like, oh shit, I'm in trouble here. Yep. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. But uh alright, so we we'll we'll kinda cut in there here, you're Good. Go ahead. <laughs> Hi everyone, this is Anthony with the interviews with everyday people, sitting here with Brian Finneran. Um Local local guy here. We've known each other for a little bit here. Um, he went to the rival Shenandoah Valley School, where I was a Monty Area Golden Bear. But I did start off as a Shenandoah kid, so I, I kind of have a little bit of love for both cities. But uh, Attaboy. Attaboy. <laughs> um, but then he came became a Monty Area guy, so he kind of varsity baseball coach. He, he crossed over. He also crossed over. Um, and also sitting here with Nikolai as well, and we are going to let him talk tonight. All right, that's that's the goal. We'll see. That's no, you the, are. That's I'll leave right now if you don't talk. <laughs> No, we've had this discussion. Uh, out of the two of us, it's a pen teller thing where I'm just here. Ah, he has a good like w- what he brings in w- most of the interviews because we're still learning. Like I said, we're 11 interviews in, so sure. we're we're still developing our style. I know we got a, got some little criticism for our last interview where people thought I I told too many of my stories, but the th- the reason for that is I don't want my guests being the only one who's putting themselves out there, mm-hmm. and I'm willing to do the same thing if they are. You know what I mean? Sure. And it kind of makes someone feel more comfortable if I'm kind of putting my dirt out and you're putting yours out. So I kind of meet them halfway. Agreed. But but Nikolai at the end he kind of brings up a nice little wrap up and 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 kind of surmises the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, he's very good at that. So uh, I give the heartfelt movie speech at the end. There yeah, you yeah, he brings yeah. He, he brings in the the impact like the Rudy speech. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, another name reference. All right, this is a good interview. All right, I like I'm it. actually, I'm actually, uh, this is completely off topic, but we're actually, I'm going to my first Notre Dame game this year. Really? Yeah, uh, we're going to go to the Bowling Green. Good. Uh, it's going to be myself, my father, uh, Bobby Mushron, mm-hmm. uh, Cavanis, and I, I'm, I'm which one? Sh- There's 400 of them. Oh, um, oh, what's her name now? Carrie. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Carrie. I don't know why. Sorry, don't shoot me. I forgot your name for a second. Um, I meet so many people, so names are just not sure. good with me. Um, but yeah, so we're all we're all getting a group of us going, and we're going to our first Notre Dame game. Me, my dad, and Bobby Mushroom's first time in Notre Dame. You will not be disappointed. I'm excited. I may cry. Hope you will. I am. Oh, don't, don't, don't even try and fight. It. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be like Rudy's dad, like. This is the most beautiful thing my eyes have ever seen. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I've been to probably I'd say fifteen really? Notre Dame games out yeah. in South Bend. They won two of them. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm like a bad omen when I go out. If out they west. don't beat Bowling Green, I'll be upset. I went out they lost to Tulsa. Yeah. Really? Yes. <laughs> That's a long car right home. Fucking Tulsa. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long car right home. We're actually and we're doing it hopefully the right way. We're actually going out Friday doing the pep rally. And then, um, and then do like waking up early, seeing the band march in, mm-hmm. and I guess like the hall where they all like the trumpets. Mm-hmm. We're doing that, like so we're seeing. That's under the dome, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna see the things you should see if you experience another damn game. Take a tour of the campus. And do you stuff. have a book already? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we have a we got a, a, a Airbnb house I think that's mm-hmm. like a half a mile or a mile and a half from the school, so we can literally mm-hmm. walk from yeah. the house and back. 
the campus is not in South Bend. Mm -hmm. South Bend is, is, of course, its own city. And then it's right outside, you know. They said the campus is not that big. It's not. You, you can walk the, the whole campus. Now, I'm not saying going in, you know, to the Goo, uh, to the basketball uh, arena where they play hockey, all of this in the, and the Basilica and all that, not seeing things, but just walking campus, you could probably do it in two hours, two and a half hours maybe. Wow. It, it, it's not that big, but it's just there's so much to see yeah. in that small space, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, I'm definitely so excited. We go out Thursday when we go. Really? Yes, we go out, we leave at like 4 o'clock Thursday morning, just you know, beat some traffic on 80, mm -hmm. and then get out there, settle in, go to the bar. Friday's the same thing, then you're dicking around on campus and whatnot. Saturday's game day, of course, and then Sunday you get up, eat breakfast, and you're heading home. Yeah. It's an easy ride uh, at 80. Yeah. You take 80 west, and I think it's exit 77 in Indiana. Awesome. I'm, I'm pumped. I can't wait to go. As soon as you're, you're driving up 80, within two miles of the university, you see the dome. You see Mother Mary on top. It's awful. <laughs> Jill's talking about it, but it's awesome. When I hear that fight song played live in the stadium, I'm gonna. It's, it's going to be tough to be, be a human being. <laughs> I'm going to lose it. You know what will get you? When they start, and uh, Kathleen Richardson... Here come the Irish. Yeah, that one part in the song. Here come the Irish. Oh, dude. Yeah, I, I'm pumped. I can't wait. Um, yeah, so we're doing that, and then uh, that's that's I'm really really excited for. But uh, I'm actually I, I just I I only have like two. I have three Notre Dame jerseys. So this is how long it's been since I bought like a jersey. I have a Zibikowski. Okay. I have a Brady Quinn. Okay. And a Jeff Samarja. <laughs> I have Golden Tate and Everett Golson. That's what I got. So it's been a while for me, too. The only one I can actually wear is that did anything past Notre Dame would be would be Samarja. Samarja. But he did it in baseball. He's still yeah. pitching. Yeah. Yeah. Brady Quinn was just like the backup on every team, but he did, they, the team wasn't good enough for him he to even shine. Like everyone else going to yeah. Cleveland. You know yep. what I mean? Cleveland ruined him. He had so much talent, but then... Mm-hmm. But, um... So, yeah, so... Growing up, uh, grew up in Shenandoah, correct? Yeah, I grew up down on Center Street, down Caddy Corner from whose place? Okay. Used to be the J Bar back then. Lived there till I was, I think I'd say six. No, twelve. Mm. I don't know, somewhere around there. Let's say ten. And uh, my parents, we built a house up Shenandoah Heights on Ohio Avenue. Stayed there for. Three four years, then my parents got divorced, and I moved to Money City. Mm -hmm. We moved in with my grand and grandfather. Then from there, my mom bought a house back up Shenandoah Heights on Swatara. Stayed there. My mom stayed there till I was in college. Then my mom got a house with her now husband down in Saint Clair. Met Crystal, and then. Jan February first, two thousand eleven. I moved in with her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How do you How do you like living in Monty City? Are you a West Ender or an East Ender? No, we were East Ender. Oh, you're East Ender. Yeah, we were yeah. East Ender. I'm a West Ender for life. Yeah, you're <laughs> West Ender, right? Yeah. So we, I used to live on South Street, yeah. um, behind Saint. I don't know if they changed it now. It's the one Mother Teresa. I think it's like the Mother Saint Teresa, Teresa Church. Yeah. Um, used to be. East he had a different name and then they changed it but sure. I, I lived Blessed Teresa and then she was just ordained yes a saint 
or canonized, um, excuse me. Yeah. So I lived behind that church. Okay. Um, was a little hellion, <laughs> and then that house burned down, and then we bought the house on Center Street. On Center Street, on, I own the corner. The corner from the other corner of Pickapack, where Pickapack yeah, used to be. Because I remember. You came over swimming one time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yes, with a girlfriend. I was when I was young. Yeah. And that's the first time I believe we met. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went, uh, I think we went like golfing or mini golfing or something. Yeah, we went, then we went on uh, Heisler's. Heisler's. Yeah, yes. we did a Heisler's trip and then uh, we came back, we swam, we, swim, we, hung, yeah. out, we hung out, your, you were living in Frackville at the time for a little bit. Oh yeah, I forgot about Frackville. Yeah. yeah, actually up the street here. Yep. You were yeah. in Frackville and then we hung out a few times there and then, then you stopped dating that girl, which is probably a good move. <laughs> um, <laughs> I said it, you didn't. Um, and then... Uh, no, it was. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't like the fact that I was a 20, 21-year-old guy being told by his 18-year-old girl that I can't go to the bar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, anyway. um, <laughs> I almost... The funny thing is, I she we almost dated me and that same girl. Yeah. And we hung out a couple of times, and uh, we, we'll just say we weren't compatible and, uh, That's a fair statement. She's a nice girl. Yeah, you know I mean? and then comes we, from a great family. It just and then we um, we didn't talk for a long time, and then she called me because another Monty City kid was giving her problems, mm. and I showed up, and then a huge fight almost broke out, and then I met Heidi, and I was like, hey, you're really cute. Let's hang out. And I'm like, sure. you know what? You're a Shenandoah girl. If I talk to you, you probably have a boyfriend. I'll be fighting some other Shenandoah kid tonight because <laughs> they're both they're rough towns, Monty City and Shenandoah. I mean, yeah. uh, if if you lived your whole life and didn't get into a fight living in Monty City or Shenandoah, then you're one of the 1%, I think. I am one of the 1%. <laughs> really? I have never gotten into any fights with anybody from Monty City and I was in Shenandoah. I was friend, rest his soul, Jesse oh, Rice. I love that kid to death. Because I, I, my grandparents' house that I lived in mm -hmm. was on East Pine Street. Mm -hmm. He was on Market. Yeah. So we growing up, I was always over there on Sundays around playing kickball. Yeah. You know, all of them. Uh, and yeah, I was. I became friends with a lot of a lot of the Monty City guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I didn't so much fight the other town. It was just I grew up in Monty City, and we just got in fights with each other. Oh, well, yeah. Jesus! Yeah, everyone, sure. Yeah, um, I couldn't tell you how many beatings I took. It, it, not so much Gabe, but yeah, it's here there. we had a conversation with I don't with some friends from Potts for the one day. We were talking about you know growing up between the difference between growing up on one side of the mountain and the other. And I was like, I remember going to football games and like you had to like plan your way home or plan your, because like you literally went to a football game and if you weren't playing, you were fighting. Yeah. Like you kind of went with your crew and it was like West Side Story. Like yeah, was... you met, like they got to the point where they, like there was uh, one section of the field that they weren't allowed to go to anymore sure. because it was just like the fight spot. It was it was crazy. It happened all the and then it's it's not like that anymore. It kind of died off with our generation because then by the time we got to a point, it just kind of stopped. Yeah. But it was something that was a thing. The rivalry's still there. Yeah, the rivalry. Do they, now they're not throwing rocks through bus windows and stuff anymore, right? I don't believe so. Yeah, that that was a thing too. Like they used to have to. So you, I know your direction wise is terrible, but when you used to leave Shenandoah High School as as a Monty City kid, you can make a left and then get to the light and then go yeah. straight through and it's an easy way home. But the way Shenandoah used to be, we were the same way too, but it was easier for Shenandoah because you could just lie in the downtown section. You had to leave your helmet, like they did it once or twice, you had to leave your helmet on and your bus got pelted with rocks and bricks and whatever it was. I mean, so they I've used heard to, about that. They used to take, when you left the Stanley Stadium, you had to go out through Gilberton and through that way home because you couldn't go through town. Leaving uh. Monoy, leaving Haven, 
and Tamakwas. And leaving Minersville. Yeah. Were the three places we always had to keep our helmet and shoulder pads on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it was rough. This is a good time, though. Right. <laughs> no worries from Tamakwa. We'll yeah. say that. Well, that's because 90% of your team was a band. Your, mm. Yeah. Your football team had 28 kids, and your band had 450. Oh, <laughs> yeah. If the band were of the Sutter Revolution, then I'd be worried. But agreed. Somebody chasing your ass down with a fucking tuba. <laughs> I, I we tell a story the one time where I remember playing and we're, I'm warming up because I was the the kicker. Um, I'm warming up kicking and uh, I remember just watching the band come out of the school <laughs> and like they come down the hill mm-hmm. and they're they're in the they're coming in the stadium and approaching the bleachers and I'm looking up and, and they're, they're still, still coming, coming out, out of the school. school. I'm like. Yeah. What the, like how do you how do you make money sure. putting people in that stadium because ninety percent of your bleachers was the band yeah the rest it, of us were walking around yeah that was it it was huge yeah. it was packed I was like this is the biggest band I've ever seen in my life it was like Ger- it was like Germans army <laughs> Germans army walking down the hill Yo, like, it, and they're still like that yeah they still have a great outshowing for their band yeah mm-hmm. I love that's my favorite thing with high school um, sports for the most part especially high school football games is, is hearing that band it always mm-hmm. brings you back it's a it's a great time getting under the lights and, and hearing you know that. what's funny I don't know what year you graduated you look like you're 18 so I'm no, sure uh, 2011 oh okay um, the songs are the same yeah. yeah. Every song. Monty area changes up a little bit. Like, oh, not really. I mean, they do, but they don't. Like, there's some ones I, I still look forward to, but they don't do. Like, they used to release Austin Powers. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, Seven Nation Army still always played at every high school event. Uh-huh. Uh, when I coached for a little bit at North Schuylkill, they, they did a whole Queen section one year. Like, they played Don't Stop Me Now and stuff like that, which I loved. And I'd be singing on the sideline to my, my team, like, Coach, stop it. So we talk, we, we get into movies, we got to talk to you about I um he, we have a, a shared voodoo account because he's a big movie guy so he lets me log into his movies but he he we didn't get Bohemian Rhapsody yet I'm looking forward to it. I have one too on my Xbox, but mm-hmm. I, I can't log in. I just downloaded the app on the Xbox. Yeah. Okay. And I never signed in. I, if I did, I don't remember any of it because I tried mm-hmm. to do it the one day on okay. computer, and it's like yeah we don't know who you are. I'm yeah. Like, so wait wait a minute like you know what I mean? Yeah. I, so I I gotta look into that. Voodoo's a cool thing. They have a lot of good yeah. deals on there as well. Like I, you, you I like can get that. like a movie for, <coughs> and you can watch on your phone. You can you watch at home. Watch, they have movies that are for free. Like there's ads. In yeah. There. Yeah. But yeah. There's some there's some there's some classic movies. That are right. Before, and you know and I mean? most of the time when they have those free movies, they're usually like, oh, if you watch this movie before this date, we'll give you two three dollar credit yeah. for whatever your next purchase is. And yep. I'm like, sure, I'll watch a movie yeah. with an ad or two. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We, and they're not long. They're, it's just like yeah. watching YouTube. You know, right. You get ads. Everyone's There's ads. They're actually talking about possibly putting ads on Netflix. I would cancel my sus- subscription. <laughs> yeah, they're they're thinking about Immediately. it. Immediately. They're thinking about it, and they're actually raise their price a little bit too. Well, what kind of ads? Like ads for their stuff, or ads in general? See, that's stupid to me. Mm-hmm. Facebook, I can understand. YouTube, sure. I can understand. And if you don't buy YouTube TV and you actually pay your subscription, yeah, right. they don't make money off of you. So mm-hmm. I can understand that. Netflix, they. You can't watch Netflix without that without right. somebody paying yeah. for something. So, yeah. like, I guess I could see them doing it if, like, they have a new show coming out or something, yeah. and it's promoting their stuff. But if yeah. we're gonna have like a Sham Wow commercial or something yeah. random in there, yeah, no, it, yeah, I know. Was it a diddler or a rapist? Or it something? was just the first commercial that popped in my head. I was like, <laughs> Sham Wow, let's Red go with flag, that. Red flag, buddy. Red flag. This is why I don't talk. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, you said a little bit. Um, well, your parents got divorced. Are you still uh, like? What was the relationship with your parents growing up? With with me? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of for me personally. I had both. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They were like 
when I'm the youngest of three, my brother being the old, oldest, so when he was younger, my dad would work a lot. My yeah. dad worked, he worked at the Cogen outside of Shenandoah for like 24 years or something like that. And off shift, on shift, day shift, night shift, thing was like that. So there was sometimes he wasn't around sporting events, things like that. Whereas with me, as I got older, his shifts were changing. So, like, I got, he got to coach me yeah. in the league. And, you know, he was around for my sporting events, this and that. So I had a pretty solid relationship with both of them. Um, everything went well on my end. I mean, I don't really have any Was Was the divorce tough on you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, God. I was probably 14 when it happened. That's, I think that's, that's about right. Yeah. And uh, my grandfather, my mom's dad, died when I was 12. That was the first family member I ever lost. Mm-hmm. So that was hard. That hit me pretty hard for a while. And then this, on top of it, you get by. You know, you're, you're old enough to understand what's going on but too young to realize why. Yeah. You know what I mean? That makes sense. So it's like, did I do something kind of thing? Mm -hmm. Then you get older, you look back, and it's just like, you know, it wasn't. And then you're young, going through your change and your hormones. Oh, Christ. That's a a tough tough thing. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, growing up through all of that, I had a lot of good friends that helped me with everything, just Mm -hmm. being there, just to talk, you know what I mean? So, like, with that... Since there, the divorce was, were you with your uh, siblings the whole time, or was it? Well, like... by that time, I was. My brother was older. Okay. My sister was. When we moved to Monte City, hmm. my brother didn't want to move to Monte City, so he stayed with my dad in general. Okay. Okay. So it was me, my mom, and my sister that moved over to my grandma's house, and then when we moved to Shenandoah, my sister stayed in Monte City because she was. 1920 at the time whatever it was and uh so i went with my mom yeah and 1920 isn't like a huge like um because for people that maybe if someone's listened to this and you're not local from the area um it's literally a five minute car ride from one town to the next it's yeah not, four it's, miles it's yeah it's not bad at all but you're 14 15 years old you're you, I still in high school, so yeah. I so your 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 friends are changing. It, it's not easy, even if you're going to a smaller school. Um, so I, I if, just imagine you go to a school where it graduates what like a couple hundred kids a year. We had eighty six kids in my graduating class. Yeah. Wow. So when to you, which I think eighty six seventy nine, I think it sounds about right. Yeah. Actually graduated. Mm-hmm. Some were held back. Some died. Yeah. You know, yeah. some dropped out. It's. It's this small town area. Everyone, everyone knows you. Everyone knows your parents. Everyone knows everything. Like That's the thing. Yeah, it's, it's not easy. Everybody's <laughs> at least heard of everyone. Yeah, and if you do something, um, you you can easily become labeled or stare, put in a group. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you, you can. Yeah, it's, it's it's tough living in a little tiny area. Yeah, yeah. it has its pros and cons. It does. It really it, it does have its pros and cons, but it it's it's a challenge. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're like I had friends who came from New York and they're like. I would see somebody and never see them ever again. Like just how easy it is to never see somebody again in New York. I'm like, mm-hmm. you if you leave your curtains open, everybody at school knows what shirt you're wearing before you walk out of your house. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's true. <laughs> like, that, that's yeah. Um, and like I said, you, you you meet a girl or you you do something silly on the weekend, 
you're coming to school and you better believe every single person is going to know that story before you walk mm -hmm. in the door and you're like, yeah. I don't want to go in there. <laughs> like, or you could just own it and be like, yeah, yeah, that was me. Yeah. I did that. This, this guy. <laughs> like, like it, it, the movie's super bad to me. Always cracked me up when he's like, <laughs> I hate that kid. Why? Remember when he pissed his pants in third grade? <laughs> <laughs> like that's a, that's a school and county thing. Yeah, like like yeah. if you if you're the kid who pissed his pants in third grade, you are the kid who pissed his pants until you graduate. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> like, Ten year high school, you know, didn't you piss your pants in third grade? <laughs> yeah, it's it, you never get rid of it. You never get rid of it. Oh, labels. <laughs> um, so growing up, you you were an athlete, played some sports. I did. Uh, baseball, yeah. football. Basketball up until like eighth grade. And then I started getting fat and I'm like, yeah, this ain't for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I played Little League, CYO, or Bitty Basketball into CYO Basketball, then into seventh grade, mm -hmm. seventh, seventh and eighth grade team. Um, I played baseball from Little League all the way through teeners. For some stupid reason, I didn't play baseball in high school only until my junior year. And I got a little pissed off because if I didn't pitch, I didn't play. Mm -hmm. Which. I would have figured you would have been a good hitter. I'm actually. Uh, I can hit, but I was a better defensive player. Really? Yes. I had a good glove. I was, I was horrible a, at baseball. I was a. I, I was a good pitcher. I, mm -hmm. I, I wasn't great. I wasn't outstanding. You know, I just. I knew what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't pitch, I didn't play. And that kind of left a bad taste when I go into my senior year. To this day, looking back, I kick myself in the ass every time I think about it. Mm -hmm. And my baseball coach then is not is still the baseball coach now. And me coaching at Monoy, he's mm -hmm. every time I see him, he's like, "See, I knew you loved baseball." Mm -hmm. I'm like, "Yes, I know. I made a mistake. You know what I mean? You, you know, it's it's one of those things that can you know change your outlook on life." Yeah. Like. Oh man! Why and you could help change because now you're working like so. Like the, the thing that excelled with me growing up and playing sports is um, I when I then I I became a coach. Mm -hmm. um, I coached soccer, and I mean I've done some things in sports that I'm proud of but not proud of. Like I I quit I quit the football team at halftime of a game. <laughs> Why? <Yep. Why>? Um, <laughs> the short story: I worked really really hard for the position I had. I was I, I was diagnosed in high school with a joint disorder. So hitting for me was completely out of the question because I would have hurt myself. Mm -hmm. I wasn't afraid to do it. I would have hit myself and put my shoulder back in socket any day of the week. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was told not to play sports at all, but I, that's all I knew growing up. And then the doctors were like, don't do it, don't do it. And I was like, well, you're never, that's never going to happen. So I, I went from the positions I liked just to becoming a kicker. Um, I was supposed to be the kicker and a punter. And then it just became the kicker. And then my junior year, um, Jesse... God rest your soul, you bastard. Um, he was he was a senior, so he had to kick. Mm -hmm. It was his spot, and all he did is he just walked up and towed the ball. He had a big giant tree trunk leg, and he towed it. Mm -hmm. And if his toe hit it perfectly, it was going straight down the middle. Yeah. But if he had to put any English on it, or there was any wind, he had a hard time. Mm -hmm. Where I knew how to adjust and put some on it because playing soccer. But I knew my role. I knew I wasn't a senior, um, and I knew that it wasn't my spot. So I was a JV kicker. Um, it was very hard being a JV kicker because our our line was a JV many, line. You didn't score many points. So yeah, we didn't score many points. I got to kick one field goal in Minersville. Did you make it? I made it. Um, uh, I didn't think I made it because it got tipped at the line. Because I mean, it got tipped in the backfield because as soon as we snapped it, yeah, everyone's coming through. I got I got crushed. <laughs> 
Um, so kind of like in the, the movie Invincible, Mark Wahlberg, I didn't wear thigh pads. Mm -hmm. I didn't wear hip pads. I didn't wear a cup. Mm -hmm. I didn't wear knee pads. I didn't wear a butt pad. I had the smallest shoulder pads I could find. And because I grew up my entire life not playing football. So when you put all that equipment on me, I couldn't move. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to, I, I, I literally, it was like when you put blinders on a horse, I was like, I can't get used to this. Like my first goal practice, I got crushed. Like every time running across the middle, I would just get destroyed. Like something like, um, and some of the seniors on the team or older kids loved it because they're like, oh, here comes Tony. Like I remember the one, another kid passed away, uh, Tyler Smith. Um, I remember I was just standing there, I was playing safety, and they run the same play 14 times. And it was not coming my way. And I was just bored. Like, because I was growing up playing soccer, you move the whole time, uh, you're active, you're doing something. Football, you're kind of like, oh, there we go. I'm just going to sit here and wait. Yeah. And I, I, all I was out there was to be a body bag. Mm -hmm. So I'm standing there, and I'm kind of just, like, not paying attention. And I'm looking up, and all I just feel is just I get hit by a truck. You're about a year old. Like, right? And I just I, – I'm looking at <laughs> the ground, and Tyler stands over and goes, pay attention out here. <laughs> and he just killed me for no reason. Sure. Um, Johnny used to do it a lot, too. He just If I'm not watching, he would just come and smash. And I'm like, I'm not even part of the play. The play's way over yeah. there. <laughs> but I was the, the kid – I mean, I was the new guy, so I, I took my lumps. But um, so we go to a practice. This is before – this is how I found out I was hurt. Um Ethan Kennedy's were doing nutcrackers and everyone's like this is our running back this is our star guy and uh, I had a coach at the time I, I wouldn't even give him the satisfaction of his name because I'm not a I'm not a big fan of him but he I feel he put the team against each other mm -hmm. like yo this guy wants your position get him I think that's a good thing <sighs> so before the season started if you look at our the kids we had when it came to physicality mm -hmm. and it came to mean and it came to talent my junior year we were stacked I mean we had Jesse Johnny Tyler like our team was good. We had a we Ethan like like talent wise. We had a good squad. I know. And we played against the team who ended up winning state championship in the scrim. And we kicked the shit out of them. Like we kicked the shit like Xavier X or whatever their school was or something X Pius X or something. Pius. Yeah, like they were did really well that year and we scrimmaged them and beat the dog shit out of them. Yeah. Because we were just mean. And then halfway through the year. The whole team hated each other because mm -hmm. the style, in my opinion, the style of coaching was he had everyone not like each other. I, I know. Um, yours, that was my senior year. Yeah. And we and we played Miley. It was at home. It was mm -hmm. in Shenandoah. At that time, we were 8-1. and one. Yeah. And the game we lost was in overtime in mine as well. We ended up winning districts. Mm -hmm. we, were, we blew the doors off teams, except that one game, you know, we... Shot ourselves in the foot. You know, I made a lot of mistakes that game at center. Yeah. Uh, defense didn't play well. Offense couldn't get going. And uh, we came into the Monoy game after just beating a Tawanda team who's running back. He was like a freaking ostrich. The kid was probably 6'3". Two strides, he's taken like seven yards. And I think coming into that game against us, he had like 1,700 yards already. Yeah. And we shut him down, and we and we beat him pretty good. And then we get Monoy the next week, and we beat his fourteen nothing. Yeah, it's just like your talent was there. We, just, we had no chemistry. No, the team chemistry wasn't there because we were too busy trying to fight each other. You guys yelled at each other more than you yelled at us. Yeah, that game. I yep. remember. and that that was the big. So going into my senior year, I kind of already lost respect for the coaching staff in a way because I'm like because I knew going in like I heard the conversation between people like mm -hmm. he would the co a coach would walk up and be like. Yo, this guy wants your position. You're gonna do something about it. You, like, like, and then instead of 
inspiring someone See, to play better, it made people hate each other. Yes. If you're going to instill that little bit of competition at practice is one thing. Yeah. You know, during a drill, you know, but to go over and talk to somebody on the side. Yeah. And say that. That just seems like you're trying that. Yeah. And it heads for no reason And it, it killed the morale of our team. Um, <laughs> you can imagine. So then um, we go to a practice, and I loved playing safety. Mm-hmm. Growing up playing soccer, um, I, I can take angles on the field. I understood. I, I watched where the ball was going. Because in soccer, you watch the play before it happens, and then you don't have to run as much because you take an angle. Like, mm-hmm. there's a certain angles you could take on a field that, that I learned in soccer that a lot of football players don't understand because you're not running as much in football as you are soccer. Mm-hmm. So I had an advantage in certain aspects. I had great cardio. Um, I can run all day long. And if I had open field, you weren't catching me. Because mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. could run a 100-yard sprint faster than most people can, and I can continually do it because it's something I was used to. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably helped that you had less pads. <laughs> it did until you got hit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> shoulders hanging down there. Yeah. Um, so I was pissed. I, I played one practice at safety. And I had four interceptions in one practice. Mm-hmm. And every play I ran an extra, like, force gump, extra 20 yards off the field because Johnny <laughs> well, and Tyler and Johnny and, and, well, and Jesse were very, very upset that I was picking off and, and taking pick sixes. Like, I was doing really well. And I, was like, I was like, this is my practice. Like, this is my practice. I'm going to shine here. I hated playing offense. I, saw, I couldn't see to catch a ball. A helmet was not made for me. But if I was in the back of a field, I could read the play. Mm-hmm. And a quarterback put a ball in the air, I was going to get there before the ball hit the receiver. Yeah. I was just, that was what I was good at. Um, and obviously, I idolized Sean Taylor. Um, I just couldn't hit like him because I was tiny as hell. Um, so we go to a practice, and they're like, who's going to go against Ethan? Who's making a name for themselves today? And like Rudy, I get down, and he goes, Black, well, get up. I said, blow the fucking whistle. And he goes, get out of here. I said, blow the whistle, or I'm not moving until he gets down. And I'm like, your funeral. And they got up, and I laid the best hit of my life. <laughs> I, I hit Ethan really, really good. He was a big boy. Like, he was strong. Mm-hmm. Like, and I laid the best hit of my life. I picked him up and everything, and I hit him, and I rolled over top of him and landed on my feet. It looked awesome. And then I was like, man, my, my arm feels weird. Like, I can't feel my fingers. And I was, like, swinging my arm, and I was like, I don't feel that. Like, I have no feeling. And I, they thought I was celebrating, but I was just trying to throw my arm up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so everyone's like, yeah, and they thought I was showbone. So I walked over to the head coach, once again, not giving him the credit for his name. Um, and he was like, get out of my effing face. Like, get away from me. And I was like, no, coach, something's wrong. Like, so I was standing completely straight up, and my fingers were touching my kneecap. Oh, separated that bad. Yes. So I was like... I didn't want to look at it. I didn't touch it, nothing. So I walked over to another coach, and I got the same response. And then I walked up to one of the coaches. I, I To this day, I still love him to death, was uh, was Mark, uh, Mark Lawrence. Mm-hmm. I walked up to Mark, and I was like, there's something wrong. And he went. He literally went under my shoulder pad, and he said, <laughs> he said I'll never forget it. He, he, touched, he went to touch his fingers together. Like, his fingers touched together through, your skin. through my skin. Yeah. My shoulder was not there. Yeah. And he looked at me and goes, he looked, I think he looked at one of the players that was hurt at the time. And he goes, get him in the trainer right now. And we and we walk in, and um, Donley and and uh, and the other trainer were in there, and they looked at it like we're calling an ambulance. And I was like, I still haven't looked at it yet. And I'm like, why? And they're like, Tony, you're um, did you see your pec muscle? Because I was very tiny. Like I had I was I was cut up, but I had no muscle mass. And I looked down at my chest, and my chest was like out to here. It was the ball of my shoulder. Oh. So nice. my shoulder didn't dislocate out the back or the front, 
it slid down into my chest. Awesome. Yeah. So, awesome. <laughs> and then I went to specialists and stuff, and they're like, yeah, you have an issue. And I was like, okay. Um, Clearly. Clearly. So they found out I had a joint disorder, and they're like, football's not going to be for you. And they're like, well, good thing you play football and not soccer. And I laughed, and they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I played soccer my whole life. Like, did you ever like do this with your ankles or your knees? I'm like, all the time. But the thing is, with I, I did it so many times, it, I pay for it now, but like I would swell up an ankle, it would be black, mm-hmm. and then I can ro- walk on it the next day. Um, so going into my senior year, I all I did was kick, and my position was given to a junior um, for reasons, I think, because last name issues. I think he had a good last oh, name. Local town politics. Yeah, he had a good last name. I didn't. Um, and, and he had the pos- yeah. So yeah. I actually had all the kicking stuff the team used was all my personal stuff because they never they never even thought of kicking a ball like mm-hmm. it wasn't even an afterthought. Um, the only thing I wanted to do was break the school record, which is thirty six yard field goal, which I was doing that with no problem. Mm-hmm. Like I was like I'm getting a school record. Mm-hmm. Like this is cool. Um, and we went up for warm ups, and I was like, why am I warming up with third string? And he's warming up with first string. And then I was watching. I was like, oh. And it was the first game of the year, and I was like, oh, I'm getting screwed. That's what's happening here. Like, they're giving my position away. Um, we go into the game. We're getting blown out to the point where they're not even using the scoreboard on my senior year. Yeah, they, they turned the scoreboard off and just let the <coughs> clock run in. They didn't even put the score up there anymore because that's how high it was. Um, and uh, I was like, yo, there's a field goal. And I was like, can I go kick it? And they're like, Ugh. they looked at each other, and the coach, head coach goes to one of his assistants, uh, tell, tell him – meaning the other player to get his get the block and I went are you going to use me at all this year like am I going to stand here as like a senior and just not be utilized at all and this is the only position I can play and he looked at me and just laughed in my face and I was like cool and I undid my shoulder pads I took the belt out I literally was going to strip down on my boxers and then my dad screaming at me from the bleachers like you're going to get suspended so I just pretty much left my sh- my pants on but to pull, up, to pull all the pads out mm-hmm. and then I was starting to walk and then as I was like oh there's only a couple minutes I'll just wait so we waited and then at halftime I just walked in I cleared my locker out and I left and uh, that was it that was my end of my soccer I left at halftime of a game I yeah my mother would have beat me I, I don't know you would beat me put an ass kicking on me if I yeah. did that I my freshman year <laughs> <clears throat> I skipped the summer workout, <clears throat> hanging out with a kid, kid that was on the team. We both played hooky for practice. She tracked me down like a bloodhound <laughs> and grabbed me <clears throat> and took me to practice. Yeah. I paid for it with the coach and never again. Yeah. Never again. I was very dedicated. I wasn't. I never missed a practice. I went every single day. I did, even though I couldn't hit. They would literally say, just show up once a week and just do special teams. And I was like, no, that's not fair. I want to earn my keep. I will do everything the team does. You want us to run? You want us to do this? You want us to do that? I'll do it. Yeah. I have no problem. Like, I would be across the field where the baseball field is. Remember they had the old uprights up there? They used mm-hmm. to that. So, They're still there. Yeah. I would practice on those uprights and then sprint when I heard them do a whistle for, for like, the team to do sprints. Mm-hmm. I would sprint down and do all the running with the yeah. team. Like, I wanted to, like, pay my dues and... Um, it just I didn't get it because I didn't have the the politic I guess I had no politics behind me but I was just like I'm not gonna stand here and just not be utilized like I'm just not you're not gonna play me like I worked too hard like sure. and I, I I worked my ass off for it and then uh, the kid who took my spot I think quit two weeks after I did like he got the position and then didn't want it either <laughs> he wanted to focus on basketball I still get along with the kid we're still we're cordial but I was just like at the time in high school I was like not pissed at him because it wasn't his fault. 
Um, but I just like upset with the coaching staff. It's amazing how different you look at your life now. Anybody, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, now compared to high school, it's night and day. One hundred percent. I always tell kids like, when <laughs> I coach that um, things are going to change once you graduate. Mm-hmm. High school sucks. Like it's not fun sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but it's not the end. Um, but a lot of people they have a hard time with high school and sure. they think that the le- rest of their life is going to be this difficult. I mean, obviously it is with paying bills and stuff, um, but you know, kids can, kids can be cruel. They can definitely be cruel. Um, but yeah, it's high school's high school's challenging. It's very challenging, and they have it. I mean, there was stuff that we were able to do to get away with in school that if they did now, it'd be like a felony. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yes. It's it's different. It's it's complete night and day. Um, but growing growing up, um, we were talking a little bit off camera. Um, we kind of. We kind of had similar paths when it came to how we were growing up. Um, I this area, you know, I had two people. I had a guest on last week who who she talked about her addiction issues and struggling with that. And I and she, but she grew up in a Pittsburgh small town area. Mm-hmm. And I said it's very similar here too. You can easily get in that trap. Mm-hmm. Um, we both hang out with. We both had friends that we hung out with that did that stuff, and we were fortunate enough to not let it get ourselves get caught up into yeah, it drag you, down you know what i mean because mm-hmm. it could have been our the way we were raised like for me personally it wasn't so much that i and it may sound terrible and i still love you to death parent my mom and dad but for me i didn't want to take that route because i had a little brother who he's 11 years younger than me so my whole perspective of life kind of changed when he came around because i struggled with depression anxiety mm-hmm. and 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 possible terrible thoughts that I, you know what I mean? But once he was born, I was like, okay, I have a different purpose. Like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna make sure he doesn't go through what I went through. Sure. Um, so that's why I kind of drifted away from the crowds I drifted away from, but you can relate to this as well. Is like, we have we have a lot of friends that were that are no longer with us because of that, you know? It sucks. It's, the number's frightening. It like is. If you think about it, like, even if it was a close friend, someone that, you know, was your brother, your best friend, this and that, or just someone you, you heard of or you knew yeah. or you hung out with a couple of times just not and it's like that yeah. you know what I mean how quick you say the creature can get you yeah you know what I mean you get sucked in that black hole oh it's disgusting I have friends some I'm still friends with today they mm-hmm. make questionable questionable decisions but I'm not the type of person to judge that you know? I don't either I, I made bad decisions and some people will say oh why do you talk to him he's a piece of shit or he, he's a bum I'm like, dude, you, you can't fault people for every single thing they do wrong. Mm-hmm. Where would we get? Yeah. Where would we and get? And sometimes that person needs that support system they to do. get better. They do. Right. And, uh, well, now, and there's also some other friends that I have that I give that support to, but yet it's falling on deaf ears. Yeah. And at that time, it's just like, hey, man. You got to kind of go through it to I'm, get better. I'm offering, you know, my support or anything like that, but if you're not going to make these steps on your own, don't waste my time. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it, it, it tears you up inside. Mm-hmm. Because you you see the good in these people, right? Well, you think they can't see it in themselves. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That Jesse, that <laughs> killed me. That kills me. Yeah. To this day, I like last interview. I didn't really say his name because, but we talked about like you know she said growing up and like she's lose she's lost people and and one of the main things for me is, is was losing Jesse. That that fucked with me bad. That was that was tough. Like that was that was tough for me. So I don't know if you heard the last interview. He was actually here the night before he died. 
Was he? Yes. And he was. He talked to me, and he was like, "Man, I want to get better. Yeah. I want to get away from certain people. I want to sure. get away from that crowd. I know you're a straight edge person. Like, let's get back to work." Because when he worked with me a little bit of, uh, at this one job. We went to the gym every day. Mm-hmm. He was starting to train for fighting because he didn't know about UFC. I taught him UFC. I was like, instead of punching some guy in the face in a bar, yeah. you have a great wrestling background. Look at this sport. You would be phenomenal at it. And he tried it a couple times. He did pretty well. Yeah. Um, if you his name? The White Ape? Yeah. It, that makes the White Gorilla or something, something like, like that. Because that, yeah. that's, I mean, that suited him very fitting. well. Very um, but yeah, it's it just sucks seeing people go down that road. I mean, we lost, we lost Tyler. We lost Jesse. Um, there's countless others. You know what I mean? It just it sucks. Yeah. It, it's terrible to see. And then you see other people that maybe you weren't, for me anyway, that I wasn't super close to growing up, and you're just like, holy shit, you got, you're doing good for yourself, man. That's awesome. Like You Agreed. didn't fall in that trap. Yes. And it's it's nice to see that. There's not as many as you would like, mm-hmm. but they are out there. Those yeah. little success stories, however minute, are, are good to see. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because you know that they're, hey, listen, he did it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a chance. Why can't you? Right. Yeah. But then you start talking to these specific people about these things and trying to change your life and for the better and this and that. And they're just like, oh, I yeah, this, fuck that. I don't want to do that. That's it's like, dude, what what do you have to lose? Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, right now, you're gonna either end up dead or in prison. Yeah. There's no other way. There's, that's there, it. There's no other outcome to that story. It can really only go up. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know. And if you're messing with certain stuff. Like 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 how we talked about last one the heroin like it's 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 not it's not a fact of how there's there's no happy end to that story it's 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 gonna catch you it is um and it's it's it sucks it sucks so bad like but you know it's Mm -hmm. once they get that 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 addiction and and that and and people can disagree to disagree if it's a disease or not but um once you start man it's like it's hard to stop it it's it super hard to stop it and 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 because you get super sick and then once you're not like it's just there's so much more to it but it's but kind of going back to what i was talking about how we growing up um we hung out a couple times mm-hmm. we, we did we did um i didn't like me as a person and you we both walked a very similar path we come from good parents we come from good families we come from you know i mean we had a good support system yeah but you know we hung out with questionable people and that did questionable things and kind of gotten ourselves in situations we shouldn't have got into but Agreed. all but we were fortunate enough to not get caught up in it yeah let it consume um, you so but i always kind of kept tabs and eyes on you because obviously small town we you know you always sure. keep crossing paths and then um i was fortunate enough to find an amazing woman and then you as well <laughs> and you know you you've as a person we're not the same people we were before i do not know where I would be right now if I hadn't met Crystal. I would I a hundred percent agree with the same thing with Heidi. I man. It's it it's insane to think about how I was, how mm-hmm. I used to be, and the this the shit I used to get into. Arguments, trying to, you know, be Tommy Tough guy with these people for no reason. And then I met her and it's just like shit, man, I don't gotta be like that anymore. Mm, there's no reason because it, it's to the point now in this area where if you get into a fight it's not like back in the day where you, 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 I got in a fight you got in a fight and then we just walk away people are pulling guns it. and knives yeah. you know what I mean like, I couldn't tell you the amount of times I got a gun pulled on me yeah um, that the way I was younger like you said when we first met mm-hmm. you know I was a little rough around the edges I didn't make the greatest first impression I didn't either I was completely guilty of that a that stems from when I was in high school not so much when my parents got divorced or nothing like that. I was picked on a lot when mm-hmm. I was younger. 
you know, seventh, eighth, ninth grade. And then as I matured through high school, a lot of that stopped. You know, I got bigger. I was able to stand up for myself a little more, gain a little bit more self-confidence. I always had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. Like, you know, if this person, one little sideways look or just a little undertone in their voice. It was on. I, I, <laughs> for me, it was. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I always, I was very defensive. I was, I was and I still, am, I'm a little cocky now, sarcastic more than I am cocky, just, you know, getting older and realizing what's the point. Yeah. But back then, it's just like, like I said, I couldn't tell you. I got a gun put on me one time for trying to break into some guy's house. Not break in. The guy was home, and it was late, and it was early in the morning, and I didn't want to go home yet. And I was knocking on his door, and he's, no, I, I'm not, I'm not drinking anymore. It's not. I, it was summertime, so his window was open. So I tried to open up his screen. Next thing I know, I hear the door open. I turn around, and there's a nine millimeter point. I'm like, oh fucking hey. So then, you know, he went. He, I went away, and I got in my car and I'm driving home, and I thought to myself, what is going on here? You know what I mean? And that was the first real epiphany, if you will. Yeah. Dude, I gotta change my shit around. So I didn't, <laughs> of course, but it wasn't to that extreme. And then a couple of years later, we were in Gerardville for the parade, and a mutual friend, what's that bar upstairs with the second floor? The, the biker? No, cycle. not that one, the other one across the street. Second? Se- yeah, second street. Yeah, right up yeah. there, there's karaoke and everything going on. And a mutual friend introduced me to this girl, and I was bombed, she was bombed as... And we're like, no, no, I'm good. I, I, we absolutely no interest in each other whatsoever. So then, that was in March. A couple months later, we meet up again, and we'll say, yeah, and she's like, let's go get some lunch. Like, All right. So the day comes, I stood her up. I didn't go, because uh, I was interested in another girl at the time who had similar interests, if you catch my drift, mm-hmm. as me at the time. And... Uh, that was it. And then I think like a year or so went, went by. And I was over in Monte City. And I was driving past the Village Inn. And she was outside either walking to another bar or whatever it was. And I saw her. So I flipped a bitch and went back. And uh, I started talking to her. And then we just started talking. And we actually went out, you know, for something. We went to whose place, you know, or whatever. And then it caught on. And to this day, I... I'm extremely grateful that that conversation took place that second or third time. Yeah. Because, whew, yeah, where I was to where I'm at now is for the better. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you finally find somebody in life. I mean, I, and it's not a knock against, like, your parents or your loved ones or your family, but... When you That's finally, when you finally find that, yeah, when you mm-hmm. finally find that person that, you, that gives you like a meaning or a purpose, or you you think of that person before you think of yourself, it's sure. it's powerful. It's sure. a powerful thing. It's a great thing. Um, now, a, another cool thing that kind of going back when you guys started dating and stuff, she had a very big transformation. She she got yeah. super super healthy. She yes. actually was in some magazines for she her for her weight loss magazine, and yeah. yeah. So her, so yeah. you guys both kind of like. You and you guys inspired each other to become better people. Like she did it health wise and getting herself straight. And she was on that track before. Like yeah. she started on that before we got together, but mm-hmm. it continued. And there were days that I was ready to brain her, and she was <laughs> telling, dragging my ass up the Vulcan. Yeah. 
She worked her ass off. Oh, man. I don't know if he's ever done that. You probably did. I did a couple times. The Vulcan walk. Holy Christ. <laughs> That'll lift you up really good. And she would do it religiously, religiously, and they all paid off for it. Yeah. You know, and she's still the most beautiful woman in the world. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But her determination doing that is just was an eye-opener for me. Listen, if she can do this, well, well, what, why can't I do some certain things? You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's what got me... Not motivated, but it got me involved or wanting to get involved with coaching kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I started off uh, when I moved over here after a couple of years. I was asked uh, by one of the head coaches for the fifth and sixth grade team to come down and help them out. So I'm like, yeah, I'll try it out. And then by the next year, I was the assistant head coach. You know, and, and just from there, they got the ball rolling. And it just because you don't see, you see a lot of it, but you don't see a lot of it. Mm-hmm. People just wanting to be there. Not just for their kid, mm-hmm. just for the kids. You yep. know what I mean? Right. And I, I just felt like that was an opportunity for me to try and do a little bit better, make an impact in someone else's life. Yeah. Because you know, not everybody's cut from the same cloth. Everybody comes from different upbringings, you know, this and that financially or whatever. Uh, and just being able to help a kid a little bit, even if it's just studying for that test or, or, or you know, not throwing a rock at that anything you, yeah. you understand what I'm saying just something simple yeah. that was the thing with me too as a coach is I, I, I always had that mentality going in is I don't want to just make you a better athlete I want to help you become a better person oh the, 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 the sports had nothing to do with it yeah it was all about becoming a better person 100% just, being a football coach or being a football an athlete uh, playing football that's the type of team environment that you need if you want to try and change your personality around mm-hmm. I think Baseball is a team sport. Basketball is a team sport, but there are also the me scenarios in those sports. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you're a pitcher, you know this game can be made or broken by you. Whereas on a football team, everybody's got to work together. Mm-hmm. Granted, yeah, you can make that block or you can make that catch, make that throw, whatever, but you can't make that throw if the receiver don't run his route. Mm-hmm. Or you can't make that throw if the line ain't blocking. It's all coming together. So that's, an, that's something I instilled on the kids that, listen, we're not just here for me. We're here for we. That's what I would always say to them. We got to do this together or we're going to fall apart individually. And you can't do that. You got to mm-hmm. come together. And that all starts with becoming a better person. Recognizing your responsibilities, owning your responsibilities, and taking the consequence for the actions that you take. You know what I mean? I use the three Fs. Family, faith, and football. That's what I would always teach to the kids. Religion's a touchy subject we all know that but my belief was you have your family first then you have your faith and then football came after and the family end was I, I said your personal life at home your relationship with your teachers in school they all fell into the family end. Mm-hmm. faith whatever God you believe in if any you know wh- whatever higher power that you need to have a conversation with just do it you know whoever it is and then the football, that'll just fall into place. If you can get those two things in a straight line, mm-hmm. the rest of it's just going to all fall in. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's that's the biggest thing. Like, I, I, I wish I could do it again, but now doing this, I feel it's my next chapter, like talking to people. And, Dude, and you guys doing this mm-hmm. is one of the best ideas I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Just sitting down with random people and just talking, having a conversation, mm-hmm. figuring yeah. out about people. It's amazing because there's some people I know that are socially awkward that can't hold a conversation to save their life. They can, just not on camera. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but there's also 
people that can hold a conversation that just if it doesn't benefit them they don't really care yeah you and I'm, this isn't a cut against you because I, I said I just met you right and two some of the videos I've watched you've said probably 15 words <laughs> <laughs> um, you seem genuine like you care like mm -hmm. you give a shit about what you're actually talking to these people about and I do what I thank you for because it's it's an amazing thing you're doing I appreciate that it's it's that's that's the main thing I, like I said I don't want to if, if, if anything ever comes of it that's the big thing but if someone can hear someone's story and it benefits them even if they can't even relate to the story mm -hmm. they just say like hey um, for me example like I like Joe Rogan a lot yeah. there are certain things that Joe Rogan talks about that I will probably never experience in my life but if I come come across someone who did, I could be like, hey, I heard this before, and this is kind of what I heard about any, it. Any little bit to help Yeah, somebody. and it, it, you kind of make yourself a little more well-rounded. Mm -hmm. But I, 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 I do. Like I said, I was a person growing up that I didn't really give a shit about everybody else. Like, picked on, bullied, beat up, the whole mm -hmm. nine, where I was just like, I don't care if I live or die. Then my brother came, and then I was like, now I kind of have a little more of a purpose. You find a reason. Yeah, I found a reason. And then I just like, I would have these conversations with my brother, like, hey, man, like, I know you're not going to, like, you're going to have to forge your own path. You're going to have to experience stuff. You're going to have to fall down. You're going to have to get your heart broken. You've got to learn, but yeah. let me offer you this bit of advice Exactly. Where I fell down. Yes. Sure. And, and, I, and I, I could be wrong, but I think my brother turned out all right. Like, you know, he, I think there was a point where he was starting to get caught up in a trap in this sure. area. And he immediately thought, you know what? I had that support. Now I'm going to go join the military and get away from it for a little sure. bit because I know this is there's nothing here for me right now that's I got that from my brother too yeah being, being the youngest I said of three um Christ my brother piggy I call him if if somebody's done it chances are he's done hmm. you know what I mean so a lot of the shit that I got wrapped up in he's been there you know as all older people usually are to one degree or another and he guided me a lot as far as dude you're fucking up you gotta get your shit together this and that and to this day, I don't show it a lot because I'm kind of a tough love kind of guy. Mm -hmm. But I, I love that I love that kid with the, every bit of my being because he molded me for better or worse yeah. to where I'm at now. And when you see this, John, thank you. So I, that was just my sister. <laughs> Believe it or not, she's the toughest of the three of us. My sister has been through so much shit in her life, and she always comes out of it. It kind of reminds me of from the Shawshank Redemption. Mm -hmm. Man crawled through a mile of shit and came out clean on the other side. That's my, my, my sister. She, she finds a way to overcome every obstacle in her life. Mm -hmm. And I relate to that because that helps me through certain things. Yeah, no matter what you're going to go through, no, there's, there, always, there's always the end to it. There's a light at yeah. the end of every tunnel. You just gotta right? No, you no gotta matter fight. how long that tunnel is, you'll come out of it okay. Mm -hmm. to some, like I it's, said. It's, I always tell people, it's it's easy to lay down and die. It's easy to become negative. It's easy to say there's never it's never going to get better. That's the easy route to take. Yeah. It's easy to give up. It's yeah, it's her, that perseverance, like, that hard work. Her now, what she's going through now, I won't get into specifics, mm -hmm. but I... Uh, the perseverance that she's showing, the things that she's doing is absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah. So, another one, Renee. Thank you. Now, you and Crystal have uh, a child, uh, your little boy. A little hellion. Yeah, a very cute kid. Um, it looks like a blast. I, oh. I, I, I like reading your posts every day. Oh, I don't have Christ. kids, but there's a few people on, on social media that I'll... Um, that I enjoy watching their stories on social media when it comes to their children because I it just it to me it's hilarious 
Uh, I'll give a quick plug. Um, Rich Fisher and Tesla, mm -hmm. Tesla Fisher. Oh, um, their kids, their kids store. Yeah. She is hilarious on social media. Yeah. Like, I don't have a kid, so I some of the stuff I can't relate. But like when she tells me she's having stories of kids puking everywhere, just like I'm, I'm still good friends with Rich, so I have a yeah. Like a they're cool story. people. Um, Samantha Shapansky and her little boy crack me up. Like the videos of that kid is just Tanner. yeah. Tanner is a, and like and then about your your story with your with your uh, with your little guy like Daxton. Yeah, just fun. Like and then he puts like. Photos of like, like a, a, a guy in a gangster outfit and it has your kid's Yo. face. Yo, <laughs> Dax's uh, rap album. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Dax's um, rap album is coming out next June. <laughs> it's on Spotify. <laughs> so, how how long were you guys together when you when you had your first child, and and how did that impact you as a person having your first child? Well, we got together. I said we made it official December first of two thousand and ten. We got engaged. I think it was August 1st, 2012, and we got married April 14th, 2014. Hmm. Dax was born December 4th, 2016. December 4th? Yeah. It's a day before my birthday. Is that? I'm a December 5th, yeah. December 4th. He shares a birthday with uh, Crystal's Uncle Greg. Nice. Yeah. So it was... Don't double gift him. It happens all December babies. No. <laughs> There's that two-week window. <laughs> so when we found out we were pregnant with Dax, we were trying for a bit, like trying, trying, and then it wasn't happening, so we're just like, let's stop trying. Not, how can I say this without making a, not stopping the act, just stopping right. to try and have a baby. Get, getting the mental anguish of sure. it didn't happen. Because it became it frustrating. It's yeah. just like, what are we it's doing? just too much pressure. Sure. And just and then, it happens, it's going to happen. There we go, yeah. you know. Couple couple weeks later, I'm pregnant. Yay, you know, we're yeah. having a baby. Because the stress of it, like, people don't know how powerful stress is. That I mean, once you kind of let that go and like... I have a kid. You want to talk about yeah. stress? <laughs> I'm not going to let myself stress over it and then obviously you just kind of just enjoy each other and sure. it, it happened and it happened th that's that's where we got to mm -hmm. just let's just be married you know have have our fun you know and this and that and then uh, hands down the greatest moment in my life was in the delivery room watching him being born mm -hmm. not knowing how I, I told crystal this and uh she's like oh god <laughs> the sights in the delivery room didn't bother me it was the smell you know, I, it just—it was weird, like you know, the blood and everything. You know, when a baby's born. Mm -hmm. And I said to her, I said it kind of reminded me of like the smell of gutted deer. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, "What?" I'm like, "I don't know. It's what came to mind." I I don't know how I would handle it. When Dax was born, we, we played "Born in the USA." I cranked it on my phone. Springsteen. <laughs> I'm wishing I would probably love that. Yeah, we told him that he got a kick out of it. <laughs> So yeah, he just turned two this past December, and he is keeping us on our toes like you would not believe. What is he into at this at this age? Oh, everything. Yeah, like they how kids like are in their dinosaur phase or this oh, that. All, all of it. Cars, car, big. Everything's a car. Yeah. He don't know truck, fire truck, ambulance. Ah, ah, he tries to say ambulance, but it doesn't come out right. <laughs> but every car, car, like every Monday when the garbage truck comes, like today we were eating dinner, he's sitting in his booster seat, right? I strapped in, bib on. Krista goes, Dax, look, the garbage truck. He goes, oh, where? Car, car. And he almost jumped out of his booster seat to go out. So I'm like, all right, well, I guess we'll stop eating. I took him out, took him outside. Hi, car. And he's like, uh, he loves them. He's yeah. just cars, man. Everything cars. The uh, amount of Hot Wheels that are out there still blows my mind. From when we were growing up, you know, Hot Wheels. Yeah, and they're still made really well. You yeah. think about plastic. Mm -hmm. No, they're, they're, they're made good. When I, uh, when I lived, <laughs> I was a big, not a car guy, but I enjoyed 
my my toy cars at one point. Um, but I remember I used to I was like seven or eight, and right behind the church, you know, where like Father Wassel or Monsignor Wassel had his driveway that went yeah. down and it was garage. I would line it up with cars and I would just push them one by one and let them race each other down the thing. <laughs> and then his garage door would open and he's ready to leave. And I'm down there like trying to get all your cars back. <laughs> stop yeah. putting them in my yeah. shirt. Yeah. And he's like, that little pocket yeah. in your shirt trying to get everything. <laughs> and he's like, I told you to stop playing your cars. <laughs> yeah. <here."> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I was, I had that, that, that's mm-hmm. that stage as well at one time. He has his markers and his uh, crayons and everything else. Uh, color, color. All right. Has so, he done the walls yet? <laughs> I just threw out every single one of the markers that he has. What does his uncle Pappy get him for Valentine's Day? And the other set of fucking markers. <laughs> we we haven't broken into them yet, so I'm kind of trying to hide them a little bit. So. Yeah. Because he runs around, hey, hey, look at me running. And then, dude, you fall on that, you're going to know it. Oh, okay, drawing on the walls. <laughs> Rather, you run with the thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> get that magic erase, that's what they all say, gets them off. Well, surprisingly, I don't know if it was just this, the type of uh, marker they had, but the baby white took them right off. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Which was good. So. Now, um, now this, this, the story here that a lot of you we're, we're, we're talking about here, um, you, you were having a second child. Yes. Uh, March last year, uh, baseball season just we just started our practices, so I was gone after work, go to practice, come home. And uh, before March, Crystal was sick; she got bronchitis. It was, you know, a pretty strong case, so she was really sick for, for, with that. And then she was dizzy, and you know, which was odd for a case of bronchitis and whatnot. So. Mar- it was early March last year. I don't remember exactly the date. We were sitting there. We were at the table. We were eating dinner. And she's like, man, I really don't feel good. She goes, I, I, might be, I think I'm pregnant. I said, ah, come on. You know, you're just getting over your antibiotics and whatnot. Let's see what happens. She's like, no, seriously. So she runs upstairs. Me and Bax are still sitting at the table eating. She's upstairs. I could hear her rustling around in the bathroom. Then I hear quiet. And all I hear is, Brian! I'm thinking... <laughs> <laughs> so we I took that out of the chair I didn't clean that enough we walked into our living room and you could see to the steps there and she's just standing on the landing with the test in her hand so I'm thinking alright you know wasn't planned we were just wasn't planned but we weren't avoiding it you yeah. know what I mean so we're having another baby you know she went to the to the doctor got it confirmed and uh we just went on, you know, like normal. Everyone says every pregnancy is different, right? Mm-hmm. They say if you're pregnant with a girl, the mother's usually really, really sick, like vomiting. When she was pregnant with Dax, fine. Like she would dry heave and whatnot, but the pregnancy was great. She even said she was, I, I had a perfect pregnancy with her. So now this time she's sick, she's vomiting and this and that. So I'm thinking, oh, it's a girl. <laughs> Which to throw that wife's tail out the window doesn't mean shit because it wasn't a girl. Yeah. So, a couple months goes by and she's still you know, sick, and, and not like super sick. Just you know, I'm dizzy. I'm not feeling well. You know, mm-hmm. the pregnancy was hitting her a little harder. The one day I think it was a Saturday. It was a weekend because we were home. Crystal works every other weekend, and so she was home, and she was godly sick like 
bad. Like sitting on the, laying on the couch, covered in blankets, shivering, pouring sweat, right? So I'm thinking, hmm, this is, this is weird. And it didn't have anything to do with it. She was just, you know, sick. But in hindsight, going back, what does your body do when it's trying to fight off an infection? You break a fever, right? Mm-hmm. You're trying, your body's trying to overwork itself. So that was, let's say, May, right? So we get in the, in the June. June 4th, I think it was, we went and we found out we were having another boy. So we came home the next day. We were outside. And we were trying to think, we didn't want to do this big elaborate birth announcement, you know, gender reveal like we did with, the, with Daxton. Daxton, we got some uh, Tanner. And this one guy, I don't know how Crystal, Crystal got put in touch with this guy through one of her co-workers. And he set up this big thing, made a sign and everything for it, bought the Tannerite and bought bags of uh, chocolate. You know, I use kind of chocolate. Um, put it out. I took my AR, shot the target, blew up. Yay, we got a big picture session and all done. I did see that, the big explosion. Yeah. So this time we wanted to do it a little bit more low-key. So uh, all we did, we got blue sidewalk chalk and scribbled a lot on our pavement, or at the bottom of our back steps, on the concrete, and then we put Dax, had him walking, and they rubbed his feet in it because we tried drawing on his feet, it was tickling him, so it wasn't working. (laughs) So I'm like, let's just try to make a big puddle of dust and, you know, put put him in it. So we sat him on the steps, holding the sonogram for the ultrasound, whatever they're called, and his, we pushed him back so his feet were sticking up, and you could see the blue on the bottom of his feet. That's how we announced we were having a boy. I think that was June 5th. The next day, June 6th, was a Friday. No, it was a Thursday. She was up in bed. She always goes to bed before me. She just goes up reading her books and you know, she's relaxing in bed. She's like, Brian, something's wrong. Like, something's not right. And she was spotted, which girls tend to do mm-hmm. when they're pregnant. But it was red blood, pink blood, like new blood. So she's like, I'm having contractions. This Something's wrong. So she called up to the hospital where she works got a hold of the OB that was on call, that was there. I forget his name, Russian guy, good doctor. And she was talking him through, she's like, I'm timing these, I'm having contractions. And you know, he was asking her, are you doing this, are you doing that, because there's things you can do, drink, drinking water, a um, couple other things to prevent that. And she's like, I've been doing it all night. <coughs> so it was around 10 o'clock, I guess. She's like, Brian, I gotta go to the hospital. I'm like, well, do you want me to go? I'll, I'll wait back up. So she's like, no, stay here. She's like, I'm gonna, I'll take the truck up. I, she, yeah, she took my truck up, and she's like, stay here. If, you, if I need you, I'll call you. <coughs> so I'm like, all right. So it was a weekday. I worked the next day, so I fell asleep. But I put my phone on. I put the vibrator off, so it would ring. So I fell asleep. She called me at about quarter after eleven. 20 after 11, and she said to me, she's like, Brian, and she was very calm. She's like, Brian, I need you to call Peyton, her cousin, who was a senior at the time. She's like, I need you to have her come to the house, stay with Dax, and I need you to come up to the hospital. (sighs) 
she said, we're going to lose the baby. So I just woke up. I What? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you just come out of sleep. She's mm-hmm. like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? No, mm-hmm. no, this can't. No, this ain't real. What are you talking about? So then she's like, you need to come up here. She's like, if you cannot, if you cannot be here, I will call my aunt Steph. I, but she goes, I need you to get up here. So I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll call Peyton. And so she comes, I'll leave. So her one coworker, Ann Jankis, just got off a shift. She worked till 11.30. She stayed, she was with Crystal for a bit. She said, Crystal, I'm not gonna have him drive up here. You know, two cars with me. She's like, I'll just go pick him up. So I waited at the house, pacing in my kitchen. You wanna talk about bad thoughts that go through your head? I, I couldn't tell you what I was picturing in my head. So Peyton came, she stayed at the house. Um, Ange got there, picked me up, and we drove up to Hazleton. Longest car out of your life. Yeah. By the time I got to the hospital and got up to the OB floor, my son was uh, still born. She gave birth to him at that point. Um, we get in, I get in the room, she tells me, and you just, you die inside, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like, I don't care how tough you are, you think you are, or anything like that, you, nothing will ever prepare you for something like that. So... What happened was, when she got, she drove up, she's driving up 81, she was having contractions, she knew it. She got into the main parking lot of the hospital, and uh, she got out, stopped the truck, got out, and she, as she's walking in, the water broke. So they immediately, I said, she works there, so she made some calls, they knew she was coming, they immediately took her up. She's in the one... OB room or whatever it is on the OB floor and uh, she got up to go she asked the nurse can I go I have to take it, go to the back like pee and uh, when she did Lincoln was uh, came out then when she was in the bathroom and I don't know how as a person you can experience something like that that she had to go through and still go on with your everyday life mm. after that. Um, it's not easy, of course. No. It, it, like the anguish, the grief, it's it's not something that can just, oh, whatever. That like doesn't disappear. Yeah. No. No. Dude. And no. So by the time I got there, she told me all of this, and of course we lost our shit, you know. So the nurse came back in. They gave us time to ourselves, of course, and, and we just like it's so surreal, you know what I mean? Like, how? What do we do? Where, where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. Um, and by this time, it's probably twelve thirty Friday morning, one o'clock Friday morning. 
So the nurse came back in after a while and said, would you just like to hold your son? And, and me, with all these crazy thoughts I have, and I'm like, I, I can't, I, I, I can't do this. I can't see him, because I'm thinking of all this crazy horror movie shit. Like, mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm not mentally and physically ready to do this. How, how far along was she? 19, just under, just under 18 weeks. 24 weeks of babies considered viable. Mm-hmm. Which means, if something like this should happen at or past 24 weeks, they can try and sustain. Mm-hmm. They, they can resuscitate, they can NICU, all that other stuff. I don't know what they're called, in- incubated. Yeah, I, my, I, had a, I have a cousin, um, it, he was born very, very, very early. They can do and, that. And they were able to bring, like, he pretty much did the rest of his, yeah. what you would have in done a, in a womb in an in a, in a incubator. Yeah. yeah. So, at 24 weeks, so we were well before that. And they're, do you want to hold your son, this and that. And uh, I'm going on and on, I, I don't know if I can do this, this and that. And then, uh, I'm glad I did. Um, the nurse brought him out. Uh, he fit in the palm of her hand. Uh, he put her on her chest, and uh, we got to hold our baby boy for ten minutes, you know. And uh, the nurse is there amazing amazing people uh, one nurse baptized them uh, and then we, people might think this is weird but I don't give a fuck uh, we took a picture of, of, of Lincoln and we took our son so after that we tried to tried to get some sleep um, she stayed in the hospital I slept till maybe, I don't know, an hour or two, whatever it was. Six o'clock, I think I got up. I went back home, got, got some clothes together and stuff for her. Mainly, I also had to get home to get Dax up, let Peyton go home so she can get ready for school. Mm-hmm. And I took Dax to daycare. And uh, I told Lee, she's the head lady at the daycare. I've known her my entire life, too. She's an amazing person. Um, what happened? And I said, can you just keep Dax here, you know, for the day till we get our shit together, you know? So, uh, we went back, I went back up to the hospital with all of our stuff. Then, uh, they just had us figure out funeral arrangements for Lincoln. And, uh, we went with baby Jared here in, in Monty City. Good guy. He, he's an amazing person. He, he care of us his slogan we treat your family as family is not bullshit like he everything we needed everything he took care of all of it for us mm-hmm. uh so later on that day i don't know eight nine ten o'clock whatever it was they discharged crystal and we went home and i called my boss and like i said i'm, I'm not gonna be in for a couple days uh, and i told him what happened and everything like that the next eight weeks, nine weeks, whatever it was, worst time of our life. Mm-hmm. Just trying to collect the pieces. You know what I mean? We decided to uh, we buried Lincoln 
up by on her family's plot up with her grandmother and grandfather because as you know Crystal lived with her grandmother mm. up until she passed um, so we buried him there we had a private ceremony it was me her and uh, my mom unfortunately at this time was in Texas so she couldn't be there so my dad was there and uh, her uncle Mark Pecky was there yeah another good dude and uh, we had a little ceremony Father Gallagher came up and then yeah it's not something you ever anticipate or imagine you're gonna go through but since it's happened the amount of outpouring that we've had from people that are just you wouldn't even expect mm-hmm. have been a rock for us you know, just to just to be able to just to fall back on just the talk you know what I mean the other side of that coin some relationships that we've had for a long time through this whole grieving process that we've been going through have severed we, we've had to sever some relationships that were dear to us some people couldn't understand why we felt the way we felt about certain things Mm -hmm. and her and I both said we can't keep this in our life we gotta separate ourselves we gotta distance ourselves from this stuff and it's hard but in the long run do I foresee this being a permanent removal I personally don't think so I think the the mantra of time heals all wounds is a real thing yeah Mm -hmm. But it's like being in a club you don't want to be in. You know what I mean? The amount of people just in our area, just I'll just say just north of the mountain, that this has happened to is disgusting. Like, it's frightening, actually. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But there are, there are programs. There are nonprofits out there that, that can help you if any... Just with anything, just just to say, hey, we're thinking about you. Mm-hmm. One being uh, Sweet Grace Ministries. Uh, they're an organization out of Chambersburg, PA. Um, they sent us up a, a basket, a, a grief basket. Or I don't know exactly what it was called, but that's what I call it. Just little things, uh, you know, a little blanket, a little hat, you know, something like that. Personalized stuff to, your, to our son Lincoln. Uh, I got this in it. You know, I this hasn't left me since then Mm -hmm. since I got it Um, they're an amazing amazing group of people that are there for support you know to talk and get you involved help any way they can Um, and turns out over since last year Crystal's got involved with them and now up at the hospital she is the sweet grace liaison if you will for the Hazleton I don't know if it's it's Schuylkill, Luzerne, whatever area. It, it encompasses a certain amount. Yeah. But she does it like for the hospital. So he she helps other families that are going through this. Yes. There's actually there's going to be a meeting coming up soon. I don't remember the date, but it's going to be over the church by the brown bag. I forget St. Michael's or mm-hmm. St. Nick's. I don't remember exactly what church that is, but if you know where it's at, um, you can reach her or myself via Facebook. And uh, if anybody needs any assistance with anything like that, we, we 
more than happy to point them in the right direction and offer any kind of assistance that we can. And there were two people um, that helped us out a lot, uh, Karen and Kara, through this whole thing. They've unfortunately experienced the same thing we have, and they were so helpful for us. So to you two, thank you. You know who you are. Uh, it's just... It's a tough thing to discuss, but that's where everything gets lost. Mm -hmm. You have to discuss these things. You can't bottle it up. There's a hashtag, say their name. And this was just, and I'm sorry for getting choked up before. No, this this is is completely understandable. And and very open public forum to do when people see this. But uh, you have to discuss it. You got to talk about this stuff because there's help. Mm -hmm. There's people that care. There's people that want to be involved in helping you heal, however that may be, however long that may take. Mm-hmm. So, I, I I do know. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, it, it's wonderful that like there there are people out there that are willing to do this stuff for you guys, mm-hmm. and now you guys are turning that around mm-hmm. and also helping other people that are going through this. And I mean, as horrible of an experience as it is, being able to find those people that you may never have expected to have been there for you and having them be there. I'm sure is a, an incredible thing that will help you absolutely keep going. Yeah, there was a lot of people that, um, just like I said, we always kept tabs. I always kept tabs on you. We always had that mutual understanding and respect for one another. I had, I had a lot of friends. You know, we're we're, we're very close with people at the red zone. Mm-hmm. And I know after this happened, there was a few people who were like when they talked to they talked to her. She was the grieving process was tougher, and and they were like people were concerned and worried, and a lot of people like you said, the people reaching out to you was mm-hmm. good. Um, it, it is tough, but anything when when this is over, I know it's to be fresh in your mind. But send us any links or information that you guys used or you guys are reaching out, and we'll put everything in the description as well, so other people can awesome. can learn from that. that. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely not easy. Um, and then you have to go and explain to people, and then you're going through it. Just the it's it's something that's never it never going to go away. It never should go away because mm-hmm. you want to always have that remembrance of your of your son. And there's and a day in October I don't remember what's, what the date is it's National Infant Loss Awareness mm-hmm. Day and that day every year down at Lehigh Valley in Allentown in their one auditorium if you will last year was the first year of course that we went um, it's a room full of people that all went through this situation and uh, that suffered a loss albeit after birth or stillbirth, anything like this. Um, and last year they had two people, uh, a woman, tell her story, and then a husband and a wife come up and tell their story. Both stories were completely different, but yet they it was were the, the same, same common. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's like I said, it's. If I can get that date, Crystal, she's. Yeah, she's. She remembers everything. She has all of it so. I'll get with her and I'll get that info, yeah. info to you. Even just the date and, and the location. And mm-hmm, if anybody mm-hmm. wants to, they can more than... It's open to anybody. It's free. You know, they have coffee, you know, snacks and whatnot there. But yeah. Just to go out and just... Just to hear that you're not alone. You know, yeah. And yeah. I, I can tell you if this ever happened to whoever, I can say you're not alone. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean anything. To actually go out and see and sit and listen and take in that shit. He's right. Yeah, no, I am not alone here. October fifteenth. Is that when it is? Two thousand nineteen, October fifteenth. Down Lehigh Valley. 
There you go, October what? 15th. October 15th. 6.30. At Lehigh Valley in Allentown. Um, it, it, it's a fantastic thing. Yeah, that's that. I, I kind of partnered up with. Thank we're, you. We're, start, we're starting to partner up a little bit with. Uh, it's it's a place in Pottsville called Culture to Culture. Mm-hmm. Um, it's they, they kind of do different um, topics every week, but a lot of it they, they they go from like, I know this month is all about the criminal justice system mm-hmm. and if if it's working or if it's not working, but they change their topic every month, and it's the same thing. It's like a it's a get together of people and they all go up and tell their stories like mm-hmm. an open mic, kind of very similar to our podcast and. And it's that it's that fellowship and that people coming together and, and helping each other. So it's how you're saying like you can't just swallow it and move on with your day. Like mm-hmm. you you have to grieve. You have to, you know. A, another big thing with us too that we can definitely relate to is you, you grow up as uh, an Irish or I'm Irish Italian Irish, um, Schuylkill County boy like a guy. You know, um, and they talk about you know the hot topic is now is male masculinity. But I mean. We're, we're for a long time we were always raised to like don't show your emotion don't cry be mm-hmm. a man suck it up like but as you get older you realize like that's not healthy that's for you that's not healthy at all yeah everybody yeah. grieves in yeah. their own way and me and crystal got into this a little bit because she felt that i was holding everything in mm-hmm. well, that's what we were designed to do our whole lives and I, I said that i'm like i don't know how to show emotion to something like this i was never prepared losing a grandfather grandmother you know anybody like that that's one thing losing a friend is one thing Mm -hmm. losing part of you like family members are don't misunderstand no 100 percent. but i mean an actual part of you is completely different yeah Mm -hmm. so when we were going through our 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 whole process our grieving process i i didn't know what to do i I couldn't cry I, i i started drinking heavily um I, I put my emotions into my work. I, I, I wanted to work. I, I work over at Air Products. It's Pursue Materials now. But being at work kind of helped me take my mind off of everything else. Yeah. Because, you know, I was, you know, I'm an electrician, so I was, you know. You stay busy. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I built a patio cover at her house. She wanted one. And I, I built it in, like, two weeks just because I, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Excuse me, and it got to the point. Even now, coming up almost a year later, I'll be at work or just at home by myself or wherever, and it, just like that, takes the breath right out of you. Just like you got it's a it's a shock to your system. You got to sit down and you know what I mean. You got to collect yourself. It's like all right, pull it together, kid. You know what I mean. You got to mm-hmm. figure this out, and that's why like I, I keep beating this dead horse here. But say their name, talk about it. You know, mm-hmm. let it. M- my son. I'll be the brief amount of time we spent with him. He's a person. Yeah. Like he he has a name. He he was he was a human being. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's it's I don't know, man. I, I it, it's tough. It, it's you try to go on as best you can, but it's always that black cloud in the back of your mind. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. then Crystal had a good idea. And we did this. We each wrote a letter to Lincoln. And we folded it up. At the time, neither one of us read it. I didn't read her. She didn't read mine. And we folded it up. And we put it in this casket. We buried the thing. Since then, I took a picture so I have it. And I read hers and she's read mine. That helped. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But the thing that gets you, like I said, when you're just sitting thinking... 
getting lost in your thoughts are the what ifs you know what I mean like what kind of person would he have been mm -hmm. you know what would he have done you know it's yeah. just questions that I'll never have answers you know what I mean and I mean I think that's why it makes it a little like yeah family is super important and friends when they pass you know it's heartbreaking and stuff but you have those memories and you have the people that connected with mm -hmm. you because of those people. You have answers to the what ifs. Right, where this it's like you never know what could have happened after that day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's that's our story. That's that's <laughs> that's that. That's, yeah. that's our whole unfortunate scenario that we went through. But Daxton, for how small he is and how much of a terror he is, you appreciate it. Dude, you have no idea how much that little kid has held us together. Mm -hmm. And you guys are a great support system for each other. You're, you're, you're a good couple. You're an amazing couple. Like you, how you guys you. support each other and you, and you pick each other up. Like obviously every couple has arguments and fights, but for the most part you guys realize like just from an outside person looking in and we've never, me, you, Crystal, we never sit down and had a, like a, a hangout or but just just because like, we live in that small town and I've seen interactions with you two and social media and mutual friends of Josh you're you're an amazing couple and your support like how you support each other and you just went through this and and you're going back and like I said like how we talked about before like who you were as your past and why was it our past we may have outside people saying oh that's them they were they were this one they you're now taking time out of your day and going to events and helping other mm -hmm. people like that and that's all really good stuff and how you're you're getting to the point where you're like you don't bottle things up anymore. You talk about it. You open yourself up. You like, that's all amazing things that are that you. And now you're you're helping children. So a lot of kids you're working with, you know, they they could turn to and say, "What do you know, coach? You've never been through it." Now, obviously, you're not supposed to have certain conversations with kids, but sure. I, I used to be open. Like, there's more to my story that you even know, mm -hmm. and there's not much that you have an experience that I have an experience. And I'm going to be completely frank with you. It's there. Like, I mean, like I still like I, when I coach high school kids. I've had kids. That would once they even graduate, they'll they'll call me two or three in the morning. Like, coach, I'm going through something right now. Can I talk to you? Mm -hmm. And that's and and I I truly feel like you're doing the right things. Like people shit and they 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 bash our area and say I hate School County. This place sucks. But I'm uh, same as you as like I said, we're very similar people. we take pride in our community. Mm -hmm. Like the, one of the main things with this podcast that I'm doing and and the reason why I'm doing it is not just to get people stories out. I want to help upcoming things, upcoming events. If there's somewhere. Like the other day we shared something in Monty City where it was people that are struggling with drug addiction to go sit down and have a conversation. Um, I want to support those things. Local business. If there's a business out there, yeah, I want to come sit down and let you talk about your business and what and let people, oh, that I didn't realize that place was like that. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and let kind of deeper dive on the owner and say, oh, well, that person's a cool person. I'll go support that now. Like mm -hmm. I just I, I take a pride in where I'm from and, sure. and, and to help build that up is is is. Is good and you're doing the same thing on your end with coaching and helping people and, mm -hmm. and doing the right things and just being a light in the community and that's I, I, I commend that a hundred percent appreciate that yeah I appreciate that we uh there's a lot of other things that her and I have planned coming up we're gonna we're gonna try again mm -hmm. coming up soon um, I said I coach baseball and then I took a lot of this what happened with Lincoln I, I put a lot of the blame on myself with her being pregnant and then not not being sick, sick, but like just, you know, being beaten down with being pregnant and having a two-year-old and then work, or not two, but having a toddler at the house and then this and that. And then me being away at practice, you know, after working, you know, eight, ten hours, whatever it is. I, I took a lot of the blame. I put it on myself like I did this. I caused this. 
uh, you know, she was overworked, she was overstressed, and turns out, you know, there was an, uh, yeah, there was an actual reason why this happened. Mm-hmm. But uh, now going forward, we try again. I said, coaching baseball. Now, if you know, God grants us the gift again. Um, I already told my head coach. I said, listen, you know, I, I'm done. I have to. I'm, I'm on the spot the day if you know we find out she's pregnant again. I, I, I'm hanging it up. I have to. Yeah. You know, and he completely understands. I mean, he, yeah. He, he's he was a good support there too through the whole thing. And he even told me after it all happened, he's like, you take you know whatever you need. Like even now, there'll be some <clears throat> lifting workouts and whatever for the for the kids. And I'm like, I'll be there when the season when our practices start. You know? Yeah. I, I can't commit to this now. And he said, absolutely. I There's can't really understand. from a coaching aspect, people don't realize <clears throat> um, the 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 effort put into this. Um, oh God. Um, what the coaching? Yeah, it's the so of time you take away. My my dream interview that I would love to love to do and and. The, I, I, I kind of reached out to them on Facebook, but I don't think he, he uses his Facebook Messenger. So I, But I was super intimidated. I wrote a whole message up, and I sent it, and it took me like a week to send it because this guy not intimidates me, but my respect for him is so high. Um, I've never played a second for him as, a, as, as one of my coaches, but I just re- I respect his level of coaching that much more. And then when I became... You've got to be talking about Mickey. Yes. When I became a coach... And I realized, like, I didn't have vacations with my wife. We didn't go places. Mm-hmm. My weekends, like, we are not going out on a Friday night because I have to be up Saturday morning and Sunday morning for a game. Mm-hmm. I was there every single day from the time the field opened to the time the field closed. Like, I've never, like, there was when it was soccer season, it was like Heidi understood, but she's like, oh, I'm not going to see Tony for a couple months. Yeah. Cause the, and, and, and to realize that this guy did it at a, he didn't take his off season. If you played for him, mm-hmm. he worked a hundred percent of the time mm-hmm. all year round, and it showed. He's, in my opinion, he's he he should have an ESPN documentary about mm-hmm. him. I truly feel that. Like, there the, a school that graduates seventy six kids, and he was in the state contending. He was a state contending team every single year in basketball. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable mm-hmm. to even fathom that. You know what I mean? Like. He was he was a top ranked coach in top ten in the state of Pennsylvania, his entire career. Mm-hmm. That's not a, that's not a mistake. That's not just yeah, he's doing something right. Yeah, that, that's not. We just got a good a good strand of talented kids from this age up. No, you you when you enter his system from Biddy up, you are learning his system. Like sure. it was it and the whole idea of it, like I would love to talk to him, but like like going into coaching, people don't realize when someone's doing that. Like it's easy to be a coach. And say I'm just doing this because my kids here. Sure. So I can relate to you. Like I coach. I didn't have a child. Mm-hmm. I did it because I loved. I loved doing it, and I mm-hmm. loved giving back. That there's there's a power to that. There's mm-hmm. a that that's that's something you can't describe. Um, yeah. So that 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 coaching. I guess when you were saying like you know when it when it comes down to it again, I would I would take that step away, and I I respect that 100 percent because the time taken to do that is is insane. Everything you said about. You know, soccer season and what Heidi would say, take all of that mm-hmm. and put a newborn yeah. year old in the mix. 100%. You know what I mean? I it's couldn't just, imagine. So much. I took a step back. I stopped coaching football. And then uh, about a year, year and a half later, I got the opportunity. I was asked to coach baseball. Now, I coached football. I still love football. Yeah. You know, we did that alumni game. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, did that alumni game that was great I wanted to go to it so bad but there was a reason I did it we'll, we'll get into that too uh, but baseball is where my heart's at 
Yeah. I've always loved baseball. And that's why I said that's why it kicks me, you know, it kills me every day to know I made that stupid mistake in high school. Yeah. So to remedy that, I always tried to keep myself playing. Like, I played in the adult league up in Hazleton for a couple of years. You know, I was great. You're playing against college athletes, you know. It was a good league. But getting away from that, and then I got the opportunity to coach baseball. I'm like, absolutely. Because yeah. I'm more of a forward type person. You know what I mean? I'm a really black and white, blunt, to the point yeah. kind of guy. So I relate easier in my coaching ability to an older person, you know, yeah. to the high school kids. Now, granted, the fifth and sixth grade, you know, they're old enough to understand what you're trying to tell them. My last year coaching football, I coached a third and fourth grade team. That was tough. You yeah. Know I mean, because I'm trying to teach what I know to a kid that doesn't know, you know. His he, 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 he didn't tie his shoes when he sure, got to practice. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> you know, but it's just the opportunity you can get to give to somebody. It's it's great. You know, you're seeing kids in a basketball game. Hey, coach. Yeah. Kids that you coached four years ago. You coached him when he was in fifth grade, and now he's a sophomore star. You know, junior star in every sport he plays, and then yep. you coach Brian every time. He and you keep you. tabs of those kids, sure. like yeah, hundred sure. percent. My 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 player right now that my two players that I keep an eye on. There's a few of them. I would say maybe two or three players I keep an eye on, um, and they all go to different schools. Um, uh, Victoria Donovan plays basketball for Shenandoah. Shenandoah, yeah. Yep, I coached her since she's nine years old. Uh, Jordan Carmonic, mm-hmm. phenomenal, great. Fa- then all these people come from great families. Like I just the the bond we like I'm still very friendly with them, and then. Uh, um, I keep an eye on. Um, oh my God! I had a brain fart. They're two sisters, Mackenzie and uh, Miranda Malikuski. They're, they're they they work with Ronnie. I work yeah, with her dad. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're they go all over the place. Very very talented athletes as well. They, like I said, like and I, there's more. There's way more people that I keep tabs on. But um, it, it's it's fun, man. It's it's a it's a blast. That's one thing I I never did, like like you're saying that just a handful. Yeah. I always every time, no matter if I coached a kid for a year or whatever mm-hmm. a couple of years and I see them and I'm always like hey how you doing how's school going yeah. I always just stop and just try and talk to them a little bit that's what I do too you know it's just if anything it makes me feel that you know even if they do have a good support system come from a good family I, in my mind I feel like it makes them think hey you know somebody else cares you know what I mean 100% and it makes them realize you know there's good people yeah, and like I said, I'm, that's why I'm not afraid to take a phone call at three in the morning from a. a, a, a <laughs> I never had to do that. I, I I had to. I had a I had a player that you know she she struggled with uh, anxiety mm-hmm. problems really heavily, and she would go through a panic attack, and and we built up that trust with each other that when she was going through it, mm-hmm. I was one of the only coaches she could talk sure, to. Sure, sure. Like she would, she, she it was a point where she had to step off the field and she'd have a she'd have to call somebody, mm-hmm. and then I became that instead of making the call. Yeah. So and we haven't talked in a while. I I, have, I should probably definitely reach out and see how she's doing. Um, I, but, you know, it's it's nice to get that. Like you're still sure. like that. They still have that trust with you to. I'm 33 to help years them. old. Yeah. And anybody that coached me at any point in my life. I still call him coach. Always. Except always. Except my high school coaches well, that we talked about. No, <laughs> even still. Yeah. Like, the coaches that I said when I played my junior year, I never held anything ill will towards them. Yeah. I mean, they taught me everything not everything my brother I put that on that taught me about baseball but they helped me and they made me a better person even if there's someone that I know like I've never played for for Mr. Olansky or I've never played for Mr. Holland but if I see them I 100% coach I see Mickey hey coach how's it going I always do that because that's that's, that's a form of respect yeah 100% because like like you just said people put a lot of blood sweat and tears into that profession and a lot of them get shit on yeah you know that 
Yeah. So it's it's great, you know, just to That's see why it. I'm really happy they named the, both courts after them. Like yeah. the Mickey Holland Court and the Scott Alansky Court. Yeah. I when they said that was happening, I was like, "Oh, Mr. Fazio." Sure. The field. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Like the the time that That was great when they did that with him and all of his old players came back. Yeah. You know, well, the ones that were available. Mm -hmm. That was that was cool. So the alumni game. Yes. <laughs> we saw this on Facebook. The videos, the advertisements, where like up. people are dying and getting smashed. Nah, come on, it's not like that. The advertisement was yeah, crazy. Yeah, like celebrity <laughs> deathmatch type <laughs> shit. Uh, so we Do saw, you want to kill yourself? No, we, we saw the advertisement, <laughs> and I'm thinking, this is bullshit. You know what I mean? Who's gonna do this? And then USA Football, I, I looked them up, and I'm, dude, this is this is a real thing. This like, company comes just to kick, this company comes, and they literally provide all the equipment. You pay hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah, they you pay hundred dollars. You you basically rent the equipment, and they put together a football. You get a jersey. Yeah, they give you a jersey. No, no, it's just all their stuff. You give it all back. Yeah, so they they come and provide jerseys. They come and provide the equipment. They provide everything. The only thing the you only have thing to provide you need is your cleats. Is and and, and, and a location. And, and a location. Yeah, and so what happened? Yeah, we we got the ball rolling a little bit. I t I threw it out to Shadler, Sean Smith, um. And we just got talking about it and just, you know, getting the feeler out. And it took time, you know, to get it, because everyone's like, this is bullshit, you know, who's going to want to do this? So then as, as the wheels started turning on this whole thing, we got more and more people involved. And then uh, Robert Bishop is the guy's name. I believe he's from Ohio, but he covers PA and East area of the country. So we reached out to him. We got him in for a meeting between whoever from Shannon was interested in playing and whoever from Monmouth. We had it at the West End, and there was maybe 10 guys from Shenandoah, maybe 12, 13 from Monon, and we were talking about it. And he just laid it out, how it goes, you know, what he does, what, what services he provides, and how we go about this. So what it was, was he gave us a date to go online, sign up, and pay, right? By that cutoff date, whoever has the most athletes signed up and paid, that's the school he will approach first to go to school board to use their facility. Mm -hmm. We had more at general. Went to the school board, and they approved it. You know, he, he laid out, you know, we signed waivers, everything. Like, the school was held liable for nothing. You know what I mean? And they, they get to make money on concession if they, they want to open it. They, what, what it was, pre-sale tickets, pre-sale, before the day of the game, half went to him, half went to the school. Gate tickets were all his. That was it. Concessions, if there was anything being sold at the game, that all came back to the school. Um, I don't remember the total, the exact number. I think we raised, I'll say around seventeen hundred for the school, and I think Monway got a thousand in from their presale tickets because the away team, which was Monway, they naturally didn't have any concessions or anything, so all their money went. They they kicked our ass in presale tickets, which was good because that's how they made their money. Yeah. Our money came from concessions and pre-sales and whatnot like that. So our money got put back into the school fund. I think to, I, I thought it was going towards the football program, but it wasn't. It went back into what their priority list was at the school district for what they were renovating. I think yeah. our, our money went towards renovations of the baseball field, which we all know needed. Needed that, it, yep. that baseball field, I love that field, but it, 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 was, it, it, needed was, work. it was beat up. Yeah. So they redid that, I think, this offseason. Yeah. So now we're play, we play over there this year. It was an all-dirt infield. Mm -hmm. uh, sh you know, shitty fences and whatnot. All rust. I don't know exactly what they did with the perimeter, but I know they put a new infield in, grass infield, and they renovated their 
their stadium there, which was nice. And it's just good to help out. So we played the game. And, yo, it was amazing. Just to throw the pads on again. One no one really got hurt or anything for the most part, right? No, I think the no one, no, no one did. The one lad blew his knee out, but I could be wrong here, so don't quote me on this. Um, I think he just had knee surgery a couple months ago or before the game, so he probably never even should have been there. And I think he only went in for one play and he got hurt. Yeah. Okay. And I, I think he dislocated his knee or whatever it was. But other than that, no, I mean everyone was all banged up. We're old, you know what sure. I mean. You have your you, you have your practices that you had. I think who were who were some of the? We did Sunday and Wednesday. So f- besides work and being you know family whatever, you do what you can. Who were some of the names in the squad? <sighs> All right, for us, Brian Races came back. He was our quarterback. Brian was a quarterback for the '95 champion district championship team. Um, Chris Cuff, Stephen Davis. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm having a brain fart. I can't think of his name. Um, Joe Catullus, he came back to. They were some of the older guys. Uh, Jamie Generini played, Steve Smith, Sean Smith. Uh, coach Ruth, Joe Ruth dressed with us. Nice. Which was fantastic because he was my coach. He coached the back to back 96, 95, 90, or 96, 97 is what it was. Who coached the team? Uh, Did you guys have like an alumni coach come back? Jay Bearsford. He he just came. Hambone is his nickname. He yeah. just he came in, and it, it not the, it wasn't a fault of his own. It just it was so much for us to do. I wrote a full playbook, and these were plays that we were practicing. But then, like two weeks before the game, we're we're realizing like, dude, I can't be out there. I was our center. I can't be on offense. Telling the quarterback, hey, run this play. You know what I mean? So we had to get a coach, and we brought him in. And he came to our last uh, two weeks of practice, and he, he put some plays in that he ran because a lot of the younger studs that we had, like Tyler Mornell, Angelo Miskornik, uh Dave Gotchel, them younger guys like that, they played for handball. So they knew his play, so it was a lot easier to develop. And it was just simple blocking, nothing crazy like that. Was it like backyard football, like, you run here? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. He had it all laid out, and it, uh, just uh, the protections, 50, 60, 70, you know, left, mm-hmm. right, center, this and that. Simple stuff you could pick up. But uh, it, it just wore on us a little bit because Monoy, they had Greg Merchelinski as their coach who was with them the whole time. Yeah. And it showed. They, they, some of their plays, you know, the design mis- misdirection plays, you know, they had a great game plan. And it, it was a great game. And it was 14-7. And it was a low-scoring game. It was in the rain. It was, it was amazing, amazing time. To do you know you see our kids are in there we're holding our kids in our gear and it, it was it was just great yeah so, you know fundraiser so then next year comes which was last year um and bishop told us after the first year it's it's so much harder which you would think would be the opposite you know everyone sees this oh this is a real thing you know this mm-hmm. is a good deal so we were we were slated it was all ready we were going to play monoid it all got prepared like through the school board and everything they approved it all we only had four guys pay from Shenandoah. I think Monoy might have had six or seven. We just you know, we didn't have the numbers, so we couldn't have the game, which was a shame. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it was great while it lasted. They gave us all DVDs of the game. They filmed it and all. I have it at the house. That was something neat. Uh, I, know f- I know for a while. Big write-up in the paper about it all and everything. I know for a while there, um, they called it the Turkey Bowl. The Monty area guys used to do all the time. Like, they'd get the alumni players. We that, did that, too. Yeah. We had the Turkey Bowl in Shenandoah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
he came, when Bishop after the game, everyone's like, oh, you're going to be out there killing each other. You're going to hate. I'm like, it was nothing like that. It was just fun. Nothing yeah, like that. It was fun. Um, after the game, we all shook hands. We're all talking. Hey, where are we going to go have a beer after this and that? And Bishop had us. He talked to us, and he said to me, he goes, or he said to all of us, excuse me, not just me, um, considering the weather and the conditions of being rainy, just a shitty, sloppy night, and the amount of people that still came to this game, he said, you would have thought, based on the attendance tonight, that each team had 40 players on it, and these were both 6A schools. He goes, the amount of support that your area shows to your football, just local sports programs, he goes, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, it, it's and cool. He, man. he was looking forward to coming back and you know working with us all again, but unfortunately, numbers the cards. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it's something you can pitch again and it can happen. Like for me personally, I would love to see like an alumni basketball Monty City versus Shenandoah. Like I think that'd be fun too. Like see some some old like a basketball version of that too. Because I mean, we did an alumni baseball game last year for Shenandoah. Yeah. Just alumni, just yeah. Shenandoah guys. We went down the field. I think there might have been 20, 30 guys there, and we just. Pick two captains. They pick teams, and we had we played a baseball game, regular baseball game. That's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, when when that when that was announced for the for the thing, I was like, man, I really want to go, but uh, it's gonna be tough for me because I was still kind of in my grieving process. I was like, man, if Jesse, mm-hmm. if Jesse was still, oh, there. dude, he's the first person I thought of. Seeing Johnny out there, seeing Zach, uh, Louie, uh, what uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, I can't think of it. He, he Does was, Ziggy play? No, Ziggy did not play. Oh, that's a Z- bummer. I think he had something going on. He did say if we got it going again, he, he would... Uh, he was he, a beast. He, uh, that man was a beast back in the day. <laughs> next, I, uh, from my memory, next to Brian Bender, I haven't seen pure talent like that ever besides Ziggy and Bender. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you know this, do we? Mm-mm. Ziggy was a man. The only other person that broke Ziggy's record for rushing... Was uh, a quarterback was Michael Gavel. Michael Gavel broke Ziggy's rushing record. Yeah, and then Ronsky just broke that. Did he? I think so. Yeah. I I, I think uh, Jimmy Ronsky broke it. I think. Don't quote me on that yeah. either. But he was the Monterey running back for the alumni game. Yeah. Just dicing us up. That kid's so quick. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Hey, we used to play. I back. didn't play defense, and I'm just on the side like, oh shit, there he goes. <laughs> <laughs> Down yard, we, 70 uh, yard runs. We used to, when we played basketball, he was so tiny and wiry. You're like, he would just get in the sure. hole and just. Sure. Yeah, he's he was, an athlete, man. Yeah. Natural athlete there. That, yeah, that was a good thing we did. I just, it sucks we couldn't make it happen again. I wouldn't we give up on it. talked about something to try. We haven't spoke about it in a long time. I'm not going to bring it up here just in case it does happen because it's cause something we wanted to keep under our hats. But. Me and him have to get back together and discuss how we want to yeah. move forward. With they, that. I think my uh, my old youth area where they, where they used to play soccer is doing an alumni game down the soccer field. And I showed Heidi the flyer, and she goes, no, you're not doing it. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, wink, wink, you're right. I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm If I find it, I'm 100% going to Crystal never it. said I couldn't do it. She just said, you better be careful. You get hurt. You know, you lose your job. You know, we have this new house. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I... I love it. I don't and know. that wasn't something I, I was concerned about because I, I, I limited myself. I just played offense. I didn't want to play defense. Cause, yeah. And it wouldn't have been fair because everybody had to pay to play in a game. You know what I mean? So for me, we did have some guys that had to go offense and defense just because we were only... They were younger and better shape they could do it. No, no. <laughs> the one kid that would play both ways graduated with me. He's he's just... Unfortunately, he's in jail now. But uh, uh. Um, he, he's, he's an athlete, and he was able to do it. Yeah. So 
and it was good. But like I said, everybody played or paid to play, so it wouldn't have been fair. Yeah. So so wrapping up here, is there anything else you wanna you wanna talk about? Plug, get off your chest. Uh, no. Like I mean, I I got my story out, what I wanted to say. I mean, I I hope it finds someone out there, even if it's one person, that it can help them. That's that's the name of the game for us here. Yeah. I, we do appreciate the kind words of, of you know saying what, like what this means to you and and, and, and supporting us with it. It's Absolutely. Definitely our, get our, more employees though. Yeah, yeah we're, well, we're we're making an order soon because I'm gonna get some made for the other shows because mm-hmm. we just went to a wrestling show and we're like, man, we should have wore like our podcast shirts. Sure. We have the interview ones, but we don't have ones for the other shows. Sure. So we're, we're gonna get an order together soon. So I'll, we'll def- we'll talk after we get cut here, but. Uh, the big thing that we want to try to do, and, and I want to get to the point with my viewers and, and, and my support, the people who support, is I have like over a thousand people who follow this page, mm-hmm. you know, and if I put like a donation thing out, like, hey, this is something going on in the area, and if a thousand people all donated one dollar, we can change something. We can Well, ground right there. Buddy. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, we, sure. can, we can make an impact, and then if those thousand people just hit a share button and do that one dollar and say, hey, like, can all my friends donate? Like, you don't realize how powerful a dollar can be. Sure. And you th- you would throw a dollar away. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Crystal did that for her birthday. Yeah. She set a, 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 a denomination out that she wanted to raise for um, the hospital, for the, mm-hmm. the uh, infant unit or baby unit. I don't know what it's called. You know what I mean. Yeah. And I th- she surpassed that, I think, almost tripled it she raised almost a thousand dollars yeah i raised i think i came close to like maybe it, no, it was maybe it's over a thousand i, don't I think know my goal was a hundred bucks when i did mine and i i ended up making like four or five i did it for uh suicide awareness yeah sure yeah sure and then people see that i know people were making comments like this is me when i see a, one of those stupid birthday donations but literally like if you put it like so when you make that facebook automatically does i think like five or ten dollars towards it to start mm-hmm. so say if one if 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 ever if there's a thousand birthdays a day on Facebook, and you make that thing and say and you pick your charity, mm-hmm. and a thousand people pick depression, mm-hmm. like helping people with depression, and Facebook does five dollars for every one thousand birthdays that happen that day, mm-hmm. you're helping. Sure. And, and Facebook yeah. makes billions of dollars, and that's good that they're doing something like that. And I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, people, this is another thing that annoys me on Facebook." But like, a dollar goes away a long way. Like, sure. and then like the podcast. Like, if I say, "I go, hey, I like this business, or this business is opening up." For like an example, people are starting to slowly find out Black Diamond's open again. I was just gonna say that my sister bartends there at the weekend. She doesn't have her twin. Yeah. yeah. Um, if we can like get a plot like I, that's why I shared Black Diamond like hey people this is a thing again mm-hmm. like get the word out like that's what we want not only do we want to get people's story out and help people and, and help people get their clear their story and help each other out but like helping the local side of things and sure. helping that so it's well if we're going to put a plug in I'll throw one out there for Buzz good number three barbershop in town here he oh just, that's his on the main drive yeah, yeah right down from the post office up there in Frackville here he, he's cuts great hair phenomenal yeah bro you don't gotta worry about that but uh no. he cuts he can uh, do your beard y- y'all he shaped up real good he pushed the lightning bolts in my butt hair <laughs> <laughs> that's weird um <laughs> no it's yeah, i didn't know that was i didn't know that was buzzes yeah that's his man go check it out he, he, great work i love how his uh his facebook profile picture is bruised the barber beefcake mm-hmm. and his face on it yeah as a wrestling fan that was really cool you did that i made it <laughs> <laughs> um uh, yeah 100 yeah 100 we will definitely i'm gonna find that page or facebook page i will sh- I plug that money city boy making a business in frackville that's sure. awesome He's doing good, yeah. good to know that I, I was not aware that was his yeah but uh that's yeah is any any questions you have for wrap up or you want to give your your heartfelt wrap up there <laughs> 
we'll go with the the little speech thing. Uh, um, so, first off, I want to say thank you for mm-hmm. coming in and doing this, mm-hmm. um, especially because, like you said, it's the first time that you've really done this in such a public setting, mm-hmm. um, and I can't even imagine what it would be like to have that happen, and but then come talk to like we've never met, mm-hmm. so getting to sit here and listen to things that you went through and I it just like as an actor I feel like any situation like I look at everything as like oh if it was a script how would I work my way through this Mm -hmm. if I was given a script and that was in it I don't know if I could personally make it through it Mm -hmm. and have an idea of how to act you can't put yourself in that situation right yeah and I it breaks my heart that anyone has to go through this Mm -hmm. but hearing you say that there are people out there that are willing to help and be there for you and then you and your wife are there for other people Mm -hmm. it's just wonderful Mm -hmm. and I mean I wasn't a sport kid in school or anything but hearing you talk about you know the values that you try to teach the kids that you are coaching is wonderful I don't think there's enough of that out there and I mean, not everybody believes in the same kind of thing mm-hmm. or anything, but you're not discriminating against them for that. Like what you said, when it came to like religion or anything, you know, that's part of your thing, but it doesn't matter what that is. Mm-hmm. As long as you are comfortable with it, it, it's a wonderful... And like even the thing that you said about how you're the kind of guy who, if you coach somebody, you, you know, you say hello to them if you run into them. Mm-hmm. I have teachers and stuff that I thought I made an impression on and I worked at FYE ran into them and they had no idea who I was and like then it didn't really matter to me Mm -hmm. that because I just thought that was just what happens but hearing that you and you with your coaching Mm -hmm. that that's a thing Mm -hmm. it's it's impactful there's a different bond when you when you're willing to step on a field and like a lot of people like oh sports or this or that or silly but it's there's an experience when you when you're, it's I want to say go to going to war or going to battle, it's but I don't want to put that prediction in there that you're out there to hurt or draw blood. But people know what you mean. Yeah, there's mm. I mean, but an outside person. Sure. You know, um, how because he thought for a long time the sports were just like super aggressive and this and that. I mean, they can be, but it's there's a bond there. And and when you when you when you go through something like I had teammates to this day, I don't we didn't get along. We weren't friends. We didn't I didn't like them. But when we stepped in that field, I had your back. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was well, it's it's a it's a bond. Honestly, that's how it is when it comes to the, like theater side of things. Mm-hmm. Um most of the performances that I've ever done, we would go around to each person and say, "I've got your back." Mm-hmm. Just to show like we may outside of that stage not agree with each other or sure. not really like each other, but if something happened on stage, we knew that somebody was there watching out. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any person that I've played at any sport with, played, not on, on the team, I mean that actually played the sport with that I don't talk to when I see. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's kind of a, an unspoken bond. As you yeah, say. I mean, you relate, like yeah. you said, with, with the theater end of it and whatnot. That's another thing I regret in high school. Not doing the plays. Yes. Yeah, I kind of do too. You know what? Like, because I was, it was never big in Shannon. I went to my first high school play when I got with Crystal. Going yeah. To see Noel. Mm-hmm. And, and seeing her, and I don't know that other lad's name, that was in the plays. This kid was 
phenomenal. Yeah. I don't know his name. They're cool to go to, the high school Yo, place. Yeah, and it just made me think, like, man, because I, I, I like that shit. You know what I mean? Like, I never thought I did until I got to see him. Like, man, that's really cool. You know, it's a fun fact about Jesse. And I remember just just popped in my head. Jesse asked me the one day, he goes, do you know what my biggest dream is that I would love to honestly do? And I was and I was like, I don't know, like, do something with sports. Yeah. And he goes, had nothing to do with sports. If you had to guess what Jesse's, his all-time goal was or one of his dreams that he never pursued but he always wanted to do. He wanted to be a, like a frontman in a band. Really? He wanted to, he he like he loved that idea sure. of it, like singing in a like you would never guess Jesse. Right. Like towards the end there when he before he passed away, he was going to like karaoke nights a lot. Mm-hmm. He just he liked doing it. I love singing karaoke. Yeah. Um yeah, you would, yeah. yeah, so like so you know there's always that different outlet that people you never really sure. you don't really express cuz once you're like kind of pigeonholed in a group in high school, you're like, "Oh, this is my group now." Like Yeah. yeah. And, and you know what? It's cool to see the younger generations not doing that. No, and they're not, and it's great. It's a different, it's it, a completely different animal. It in high is, school. it's great. Yeah. We watched our, Crystal's co worker, Jen, let her borrow The Greatest Showman. Mm. Have you seen it? I love it. Have you seen it? No. <laughs> With Hugh Jackman, right? I am not yep. kidding. And it is fantastic. Like, as far as. You just made his day. Honestly, as far just, as the musical goes, just that bar scene. Yes. With them two doing all That's that. That's the best song in that movie. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible just to watch how much Hatfield work was put in and choreographed, and I, it was well, spotless. I watched a video with Zach saying about that. He said this was because you know High School Musical and all that shit yeah. that he went through. He said this was the most demanding choreography he ever had to do for a movie. Wow, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm a big fan of Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> that was my number one musical yeah. until I saw this movie. Really? I'm telling you, man, it's phenomenal. I gotta, I gotta watch it. It's, it's on you, the voodoo. You, you see, you see Hugh Jackman, you think Logan, rah, right? Yeah. And then you, the range of this dude. When we're done here, I'm gonna send you a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. It's him along with some of the other co-stars in a conference room, probably no bigger than this room. Going through some of the songs with some of the, I, I think it's Fox or whoever, the mm-hmm. big leagues to get the movie greenlit. Yeah. And, and they're singing some of these songs. Dude. Phenomenal. It's going to blow your mind. Yeah. And actually, um, Hugh Jackman, if I understand correctly, wasn't supposed to even sing. That day, yeah, because he, yeah. he just had a skin cancer removed yeah. from his nose. And he was so passionate about the project, he went in there and did it. Yo, and, it, and it's, wow. it's great. It just... you, I'll send it to you. you got to watch it. It's awesome. good, man. It's like awesome. a five-minute video, but it's worth it. All right, so we'll wrap up here real quick. Thank you so much, Brian, for coming and telling your story. And 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 everyone's. Gonna, I think I really feel people are going to watch this and they're going to get that understanding of you as a person and mm-hmm. then hear your story. And I I, so. I think it's going to be good for you. And I, once again, I thank you so much for doing it. And uh, and and when you guys have your 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 another one, it's going to happen for you. Um, keep we'll keep updates because another thing I like to do is we post. You know, once someone sits down and talks to us, we kind of like, hey, Brian's got this going on, or this is what Brian doing, or sure. Brian coaching his team, he just coached this, yeah. this, did this. So we always kind of keep updates of people that came on the show on mm-hmm. the Facebook page. Um, when when I do when you do post it and you're like, hey, I did this, you know, it brings new people in. So we get new likes, new subscribes, and, and we continue to grow. It's it's really, really cool. But um, And I, we do, like I said, I appreciate the kind words and, and, and you know, watch and actually people taking the time out. I think this month alone was one of the first times that um, we had all three guests watch an interview before they came and did an interview, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. Like, you kind of have an idea coming in more of, of what to expect. But this is my last closing question is coming into this, what you, I know you watched the interview and stuff, but what was your initial thought coming in and coming out? 
Coming into the interview? Yeah, like what did you expect to happen or go through? And then coming out, how do you, what would, how would you, if, if you were going to recommend this to somebody else? Would I recommend it? Absolutely. Yeah. Just even if it's, no matter what the topic of conversation may be, something light, something dark, whatever it is, mm-hmm. this helped me. For me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, this may sound weird, talking to your wife, to your mom, to your dad, to a friend. You feel that support, but that's always there. Yeah. To get something like this that I spoke of tonight out in the open helped, made me feel that I should have done it earlier. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So for that, I thank the both of you because this helped me going forward with anything. Yeah. Knowing that you can sit down and just talk and have a conversation mm-hmm. and take something away from it uh, or, or give something to somebody. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's that's a great feeling. Absolutely. And I commend both of you. Please keep doing this. Yeah, we're not anybody. going anywhere. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're, I, don't, I don't give a shit if you're talking to me if you pick up a bum. Yeah. Talk to him, man. You never know how you can help somebody. That that's our that's our overall goal. So thank you so much for for reaching out and, and willing to do this. And like I said, anytime you want to do a follow up or anything going on, let us know. We'll figure it out. Or if anyone else out there um, would love to do this as well, reach out to us and and we'll hundred percent set it up. Um, but that's pretty much going to wrap it up here for interviews interv- interviews with everyday people episode number eleven with Brian Finneran. Thank you guys so much. All right, thank you. Good job, brother.